Check it out. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening. This is Match Media alongside my critique and founding crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is going to be a pretty jam-packed episode of Beards, Beats, and Bailey because, boy, we have a lot of things to talk about. We have stuff we had to catch up on, you know, from, from you know, right. the World Cup the you woke up finals weekend basically so for one thing i will finally be talking about season two of hbo's westworld you will be talking about season right. two of hulu's he handmade steel um you'll finally talk right. about the first purge i got to see equalizer too and i thought that we both would have seen skyscraper but you apparently didn't so i will share my thoughts on skyscraper so that pretty much will end of the show but before all of that all of that stuff we are talking about San Diego Comic Con, but just see the, the, the right. just see shenanigans. I shouldn't say shenanigans, but just the trailers that came out. You know, just a bunch of stuff that 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 came out over the past couple of days. But before we yeah. we, we get to, to Comic Con now, well, just stick with comics for a bit. We had a starting off with Marvel Boy and the unfortunate departure of James Gunn Boy. Yeah, from, yeah, from from the whole fun. directorial roster if you will so he will no longer be he will not be um directing uh the upcoming guardians of the galaxy 3 and right. reasons being is because um some tweets you know resurfaced some conservative critics were trying to get at him so they looked they, they found some old right. tweets basically where he was making fun of you know rape and pedophilia well the topics of those basically and just right. put him on blast basically and you know well marvel and you know disney as a whole were like nah we, we can't have that but you know and James Gunn, James Gunn defense, he was saying, well, you know, back in the days, you know, I used to have like a kind of, you know, kind of mean sense of humor. So, you know, I didn't really mean well, those things, but, you know, I have changed, quote unquote. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't make jokes like that anymore. But, I mean, still, like, I don't know, just, just, just talking quickly, in my opinion, um, I this is like the, the purest example of just, um, I don't know, but just somebody just having like a grudge, like somebody just hating on you and just want to find the best ways to just like you know get a tuna well, yeah. you know that, so that's it's like real callous way that's the best way I could describe it right. real the whole thing, the whole thing, yeah the whole thing was kind of kind of dumb because uh, why nobody cared about this because James Gunn already addressed this long oh, he before did. he okay okay I didn't know that exactly it was, he already addressed it he was put on blast for this back in 2012 oh okay I didn't know that that was that was um that was when they were like looking for somebody to to direct the first Guardians, or well, no, just this, period. This was before. Well, this I think this was long before that. Um, he was he addressed it. In fact, I think he addressed it even before that. So the idea of him being um this this the, the idea of this being resurfaced as if it's some big surprise. Uh, it's not not to anyone who is marginally familiar with James Gunn, and yeah. this idea that it's it's kind of a little ridiculous to say how. That's why everybody thought the whole thing is kind of in bad faith. And it's it's a person who got somebody fired from another company. And the person was rehired as, from these situations. I hope this mirrors that scenario. Which is, um, so if, if you're familiar, if you kind of follow politics, you would know who uh, Mike Sinovich is. He's the guy who kind of effectively was leading the charge for this. Right. And 
um, he did something similarly, uh, I think about a year back or two years back with um, another political figure known as Mike, um, Sam Cedar. Um, uh-huh. Sam Cedar was a, was a contributor on MSNBC. Well, Sam Cedar is also the, I won't say the creative force necessarily, but he, do, he has a lot of produ- production work um, behind the show we know as Bob's Burgers. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, right. So Sam Cedar, and Sam Cedar is very, very political, very, very, very out, out, outspoken left-wing. He has a very popular podcast. Um, he talks about politics all the time, very, very left-wing. So he, he was fired from MSNBC for, I forget what it was exactly, but it was kind of bullshit and was kind of in bad feet on MSNBC generally. Again, with much like with Disney, MSNBC didn't really check what was going down and it has, you know, reactionarily fired the guy and then eventually he was rehired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, I hope the situation do play itself out because again, it is it, a lot of people seem to be recognized as a similar scenario, like what happened with Sam Cedar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is just kind of unfortunate how the whole thing played out. I really don't hope this is not permanent. I hope it's not. I think I really hope Disney like do a little bit of research on what went down. It's kind of BS. Um, I think I do think the mistake made is made by Gunn in the sense of not deleting the tweets. You know, he should have ultimately deleted the tweets. All right, um, if, if he did address it, he should delete it. But I don't sure. know. But is it, I mean, it's stuff like from what, 2012 or beyond, or like before that? So it's like, what, no, after no, go no, back to my history tweets, and delete all that shit? No, no, the, no, the tweets was from 2009, 2008. Um, oh, okay. It's from about 10 years back. Basically, around the time Twitter was started to become popular and started to flow now, flourish right. as, a, as a online platform. And the thing in Twitter is that Twitter was so relatively obscure that back then that it was like it was like 4chan almost. As in, you could not see any bullshit. It was kind of the new ground for a lot of people coming up. Mm-hmm. And he, yes, I guess he was a very, very different person back then. And all of the jokes was like edgy bullshit, edge lord jokes. No, yeah, yeah. not not nothing. No point. At no point anybody think, oh well, he's secretly a pedophile or anything like that. It is just a bunch of dumb edge lord jokes. Um, and you know, you know, as a creator on the edge of things, you know, James Gunn was the person I, I, you know, would ne- would have probably never envisioned himself becoming um, that big of a person or director, you know, yeah. getting that big of a break. And you know, this 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 is kind of insidious problem with Disney too. It kind of falls on Disney of, well, you want the creative force of things, but you don't want the downside of that, which is yeah, they're gonna be kind of weird and loony, especially a guy who's a trauma filmmaker. Come on, yeah, well, trauma, trauma, trauma. Is, yeah, it's in trauma, yeah, it's trauma. trauma. <laughs> Yeah, trauma, but I don't mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but you uh, know, on the, on, the, on the subject of that, you know, I was thinking um, along like what happened with uh, you know those two guys who who made um, the Lego Movie and what happened with them uh, with the well, solo. Well, no, but you know? that's, that's, no, that's not even the same situation. In, in their I, I case, know, they I had know, a clear, but, yeah, yeah, they had a clear uh, uh, creative clash with um, with the up the up and ups, and they just didn't want a background, so yeah. they fired them. Understand? Um, it's not the same thing. This is just. It, it, everybody thinks it's just clearly a political thing and because Disney as a company and as I say because the, the whole scenario with Star Wars didn't play itself out particularly well for plenty of these these um, conservative types especially attacking The Last Jedi um, yeah, they're going to start coming after Marvel directly especially with especially with Marvel being so politically left like I'm actually surprised yeah because many of the actors are very left wing they're very very vocal against Donald Trump Chris Evans of, of Captain America fame James Gunn himself, um, many other actors you could find tweets. So that's gonna be the thing gonna especially with, with the advent of Captain Marvel gonna be on the horizon. Yeah. Um it's gonna be funny to see you know. Um so at least I say I'm waiting for some bullshit to play down in that sense. Yeah, the whole thing is un- unfortunately in bad faith. At no point I take I take somebody like Mike Sonoris seriously in that domain. Um that he, he cl- you know, his whole claim to fame is just, you know, 
bullshitting and getting people fired and creating a really contrived wedge uh, politically between things. And yeah, the whole thing was just done in bad faith. Because I, I was I was following it because of Movie Bob himself. He mm-hmm. mentioned it long before the firing happened. This is like a, a day or so before the firing happened. He said, yeah, it's kind of a BS thing. And yeah, it's a, it's a thing that you could move on from. Yeah, it's bad jokes. I would admit that you have to delete the tweets. That is probably the only capitulation I would have done. Um, but that's about it. I mean, right. uh, then, then after he got fired, because you know, that was actually quite shocking. Because I really thought Disney would have had to held his back or at least like do a little bit of research and then see all right, what's going on with that. I mean, yeah. you know, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. is was a drug addict. Yeah. You know, before he was, I mean, was a serious drug addict in 2006. Were you going to get fired for that? Of course not. Because that's yeah. what I find so strange. That's why I find the whole situation is bullshit because is you seriously think why is that Disney they didn't do the research about this guy? Come on, he's a trauma filmmaker. Come on, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, um, so, wherever, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, wherever we go, see where this, where, how this thing play out because it, everybody really take seem to be holding his back. Even conservative people who are against him say that the whole thing is bullshit. And you know that that particular brand of conservatism, which is the Sinjevich, I don't want to call them alt right for China types. Um, Gamer Gator, maybe you could probably put in that same loop. Uh, yeah, these guys almost always on operate operating bad feet, and mm. it, it really, really hard to take them seriously. Or to you just do, have to do a little bit of research, and you realize nothing they say or put forward um, is something to be taken seriously. And because you, you hear some really, really bullshit things about it, and, and you know what? What's so dumb about it is that Sinovich himself is a rape apologist. <laughs> if you, you could, not hard to find the tweet about the man. Yeah, not really? fun. He, he said deep. Yeah, you could just go back in our old tweet. He said date rape is not um, date rape is not a thing. He doesn't believe in date rape. He doesn't believe in you know stuff like that. No. Yeah. Because it, if it, if it's not fought, if a drug a person is not rape because they're not forced or some nonsense like that, and it not it, it just, just hold your own for this and just take it on. Look, I I'm not a big time liberal, but you had to you had to know bad faith when you see it, right? So mm. this this is bad faith. It's unfortunate that that Disney and, and a lot of liberals fall for this crap. Because it, 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 that's the problem with liberals, is that they're too, they're too reactionary now. It'll you know, take a little bit of time to just breathe for a second, and then do a little bit of research and to see what's going on, and then say, okay, make a proper judgment, or at least a more healthy judgment, than outright firing a person for, for this. It's a, it's a little ridiculous. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, moving on. We're moving along, yes. So now we'll talk about some um, Comic-Con trailers for 2018. Um, there's a couple that I kind of skipped out on, basically, because... Um, Basically because of time and also because I'm just not too familiar with the shows. Uh, I mean, no offense, I haven't right. seen all of these shows that have been renewed and got trailers, but I've seen right. a majority of them. So I'll just, talk, I'll just probably just run through a majority of them. So forgive me if, like, for example, I, I kind of set myself out one time. No, I did not watch the, 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 the trailer for Doctor Who, season 11. No. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Now, here's my I, reason I why. Just here's, here, here's my reason why. Yes, I like Doctor Who, the you know the the new series basically, but I have missed out on season eight going up to ten. I know it's just a right. lot of stuff, you know, just to watch basically. So I just haven't had time to really catch up on that. I think it's from seven to ten basically. So I just figured that right. it would make sense for me to watch eleven, even though I know yes, we gain the first female Doctor, which is great. Uh, but still, I think that I should like go back and rewatch the. the those seasons that I mentioned and then I could go in and be like yes I'm excited now so I'll have to do that so I'll just make a mental note to do that uh, you were going to say right. about Doctor Who? yeah no it's, it's, it's a decent you know, trailer nothing really mind blowing about it I am a, my favourite Doctor Who is 9 uh, Chris Eccleston yeah, 10 is quite he, good he, as he well great, but he was great he was great yeah yeah 
But um, after that, I couldn't really get into any of the material uh, with Doctor Who per se. I, Doctor Who is one of those things you have to just be tolerant of if you're not into that whole goofy stuff on its face stuff, right? You know. Yeah. Um, so look, I, I not, it's not because of the woman or male thing or anything like that. It is because I'm not that big of a Doctor Who fan. I could watch it. I could understand it and respect it as good science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but same here. Same here. Right. So skipping the Doctor Who trailer is not a thing. Yeah. Right? Um, another trailer right. that I skipped out on was Deadly Class, which is a new series coming out on Sci-Fi. Basically, once again because of time, right. so I was like, "All right, don't know what this is." Okay, moving along. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about it until you mentioned it just now. So yeah. <laughs> um, also, the the um, well, the the first trailer for season two of The Gifted uh, came out. Didn't right. get around to seeing season one of The Gifted, uh, and you know, I promise right. you guys, actually, in an early, early episode. Um, this year that I would have checked it out, but you know, once again, time, so I didn't get around to that, unfortunately. So, um, once I do, hopefully, if I do get around to watching season one of The Gifted, then I'll just jump into the trailer. Back. Oh, okay, that's what's gonna happen. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. there's one for Legacies, which is a spin off of the Vampire Diaries. Never watched the Vampire Diaries right. before, never watched a single episode of it. So, like, okay, why should no. I care? Um, uh, Roswell, same thing, haven't watched a single episode of that, so skip that. Oh, wait, they have a new Roswell coming out. Apparently yes, yes. Um, okay. It, okay. It's rebooted, like holy shit, you know. Okay, the rebooting as well. All right, well, I know another rebooting. Um, charmed, and that looked terrible. Yeah, that looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. That, that I came know out a few rebooted. months ago. I was like, that was so forgettable. Wait, right? it's uh, it's out already, or it's it's just no, no, it, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming to the CW okay, okay. soon. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. And last but not least, trailers that I skipped out on was another sci-fi series coming up uh, called Night Flyers. This is from right, George R. R. Martin of all people, but I was like, okay, don't know what this is. Right. You know, I, it's, it's only like um, uh, like a few minutes ago that I realized, oh shit, George R. R. Martin is behind this. Okay, I guess that's right. a different mythology trailer now. Perhaps well, I don't he, know, but yeah, yeah, he, he cut it. Well, from what I understand, he cut his teeth on science fiction, not not so much fantasy, because he had some really good episodes on Outer Limits. He could find, um, if you go back and look back at the '96 Outer Limits series. Good. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a look at that like, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, again, I didn't hear about the show until you mentioned it because I, I only got the mainstream cursory stuff. I was kind of busy this weekend, so it's only the big stuff I, ca- I caught. Right. Um, I saw Flash Supergirl's new trailers look great. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the Supergirl right. trailer looks decent. Um, I didn't like right. how they use shots from season three. That Too was, much shots. That was a yeah, letdown from it. Um, right, yeah. The build up as to who the character, who the male character talking in. Was a was a bit right. of a letdown too. Cause I was like, okay, who is this guy? Who is this guy in his silhouette? Yeah. And then you're seeing, well, this is like the new Kara apparently, or like I say, <laughs> the Red Sun version right. of Kara basically. And like, okay, so well, who was talking? It's a mix. Between, yeah, it's a mix between. Well, as I say, the first thing I noticed from season, well, if if spoilers for the season finale for Supergirl season three, uh, a different clone of Supergirl shows up in Siberia. Yeah. Um, right. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure exactly how she was formed or. or it's implied that she's connected to some the same magic rock they used to <laughs> help out the situation to beat Rain. Yes. Um, and something involving Lena Luthor, but you're not sure exactly how that mechanism plays itself out. Hopefully, they'll explain that in season four properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the character is um. Well, I was thinking Matrix, and what it seems to be is akin to um. Well, what if you're, if you're familiar with Death Return of Superman, um, the character the Eradicator, um, that is like the quote-unquote pure essence of, of Superman right. that, that, is, that is basically Superman without a conscience but he has to quote-unquote exact justice in the world so he's basically kill, kill villains yeah um, so he's so, like the Batman version kind of 
Well, yeah, kind of ish, yeah. And he has a kind of really weird outfit and is this kind of this darker outfit, kind of serious business outfit with the no. Yeah, he has some decent character designs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem to be doing that for Supergirl. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's an interesting okay. enough character to, yeah. to build from. So I don't know what to do with But basically, that's the implication. Because when I saw the outfit, I was like, all right, that looking kind of interesting. Where they're going yeah. with here. But it, it kind of. It reminds me of Eradicator because it has the, 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 the famous goggles now. Right. And Eradicator. Right. So, whatever. We go see. Yeah. Um, uh, also, the trailer. So, well, so the sorry? It's, um, yeah, no, another character that's similar that they might do is the character Matrix, which is a, a robot version of Supergirl now. Uh, it was a character created in, in Earth 2 Luthor, created mm-hmm. her, or I think 2 Luthor's son, created her. And she's from a pocket dimension. It, it, it get weird, but it dies the character. It's like a copy of Supergirl that can morph and do a bunch of powers. So I feel it might mishmash a lot of those ideas into one character here. No? Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, also, we got the trailer for, um, I think it's the season four, right? Of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I did not see that. All right. I was kind of underwhelmed by this one. Not to spoil anything, but just basically it's showing scenes from the la- well from the last season, specifically the final episode, you know, um, them squaring off against, uh, what's his face? I can't remember. <laughs> um, the big bad guy, there, right. basically. And now well, they're incorporating more of, um, of, of Constantine into the mix. So right. it magic looks stuff. like we're going to get some more magic stuff here. But they do kind of right. justify it and make it work. So they're still doing the whole time travel stuff. There's a cool, cool right. couple of scenes where you see them during this. Um, like I'm, I'm assuming it's Woodstock, basically. But it's one of those kind of hippie, right. you know, gatherings, basically. And right. you see a whole glimpse of Jimi Hendrix of all people, like a blink and you miss it moment. Right. You see Jimi Hendrix, like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> It'll be right. but but um, unfortunately, they show old shots like when Obama encountered um, um, Grodd and you know Grodd, some yeah. other stuff as well. I was like, okay, are they gonna go back to this? I kind of doubt it, but it, it, like I'm not assuming that they have these scenes there just to, to pad out the trailer. It has to add to something else so i don't know if we're gonna right. see obama's character or i hope hopefully that we i'm hoping that we do see grod again because i find that he just right. kind of came and went in season three um right but yeah we do see more of um of constantine um i forgetting characters name uh characters names now uh the chick from the you know from the future who had a relationship with um Right, See, um, I forget her name, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she returns, well, yeah, who, who we learned was an android, and she was a clone of, well, sorry, clones. not an android, was, yeah. well, more like a version clones, of, yeah. yeah, clones, basically, right? So she comes back as well. Um, so there's different stuff as well. But, yeah, like I say, there's more going on the fantasy route, but I just hope that that right. doesn't deter from the enjoyment of, you know, um, Legends of Tomorrow. But I would say this much, though, the, the, the one thing that the, the trailer succeeds in is by not really giving by not really like telegraphing everything that's gonna happen because yeah i watched it i was like all right i've seen some great things some weird shit but i really don't know what is going on and i like that i want to go in you know expecting you know you know i just want to be surprised by what i see that basically uh moving along yeah. uh we ha- we got the trailer for season five of the flash right do the same thing showing well, in this case, it works because you see what happened in the finale where, um, right. well, Nora, basically, that's her name. That's the daughter of, you know, um, what, sorry, I said Wally, of, um, of Iris and Barry, basically, you know, comes back right. and she excess. helps him. Well, it, she calls herself Excess, which is a character yes, yes. In, the, in the comic. Yeah. It's Excess. Okay, I thought it was X, X for some reason. Like, all right, uh, X, X. Anyway, um, 
you know they keep stressing on she made a bad bad mistake and i'm not too sure what it is but i like how they kind of keeping us in suspense um they're really well, us is if she if she fucking the timeline then she's barry child right i mean that's yeah, clearly that, that that's what i'm assuming I, i'm assuming it's the reason it's her being in in the real in in our in our reality basically in our time basically i should say i think that's the fuck up basically i could be wrong or maybe it's something else bigger and grander altogether um but yeah uh, i i do like you know what's going on you know i do like the moment where uh, where barry asks nora okay where will we be as in him and iris where will we be 30 years from now you right. know like i like that moment actually but the last sequence kind of hammer had, had matured off a little bit because we seen a bad guy but we're not too sure who it is but we seen like uh kind of a um yeah a kind of supposed to be a broken known kind of the, the like yeah basically the um the the flat sorry the um the logo the the arrow logo that's on his chest basically and like he's breathing yeah. he's doing the whole dark like, thing i'm like okay are we gonna see the face is it i i, I was telling myself okay is this avatar or is this um the reverse flash is this who is this somebody that we know but we don't see we just see right. him just rest that um that logo on on his um on his table basically i do like the inclusion of the ring though i was like all right I, I fuck with that. That's dope. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, the ring back here. Yeah, the ring back in the show because the only, last time we saw the ring was where where Reverse Flash in season one, I think. I don't think we had saw the ring other, any other time. Right, um, right, right. I, I don't. Remember, well, no. Well, Barry never had it to begin with, right? If I'm not mistaken. Barry, Barry, Barry never had it, but Reverse Flash had it. Using was using it now. So I uh, glad glad we get the ring finally back. Yeah. You know to see it again now. So whatever. Right. Most likely the same. I hear I hear again a, a brand new outfit because of that. Um. Okay. So that's. Uh, yeah, I again season season four was a bit of a letdown. They kind of yeah, bungle, they kind of bungle a, a, a decent idea that they could have done a lot better, in my opinion. I thought they they could have sat down and make the writing and the plan work better. You know how to deal with a with a non speedster villain, but looks like we're getting back speedster villain. So yes, we'll yes, see yes. with that. Or take a into the speed force yeah. involved. Whatever. And we'll at least out. we have a new speedster to root for. You know, in the case of Nora, right? So that's great. Right. Um, more like a well, I'm, uh, I'm expecting kind of like a mentor, mentee kind of stuff going on there. Uh, we also got to yeah. see this the trailer, the season two trailer, quote unquote, for Black Lightning, which really was just right. a full recap of the first season in like four and a half minutes. And they just see right. Black Lightning, you know, with a um, new logo basically and coming soon. It's like, wait, that's it? You know what I mean? Yeah, no it, instance it, of what's gonna happen up. next. Like, what the hell was this? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I get what they're trying to do, but it's like, yeah, give me, give. Don't tease me like that. Now. I mean, come on, get, show me a little bit of what to yeah. expect now. Show, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, because I haven't, be, well, okay, so I have watched um Young Justice first couple of seasons. I was watching it until it got cancelled. Right. But for the life of me, yeah. I just forgot certain things that happened. So I know right. that the Outsiders trailer, which came out, um, kind of shows stuff that happened in the last couple or last season i think it was and then they show you some new stuff so i could right. not remember like nearly all the things that happened in the first half of this trailer here i like i forgot all that shit so now i have to recap young justice hooray yay but outside yeah. us here i mean for one thing i'm just glad that young justice is back yes it's on the the dc um streaming site base yeah it's on the dc streaming site whatever right. um but still young justice is back and it still looks promising it still looks badass it still looks great but now, like I say, I just had to do more homework and I had to go back and refresh my memory and all the stuff that went on for me to right. really be excited with Outsiders. But for what I'm seeing here, 
yeah, looked really good. I can't really complain. Just had to go back and rewatch all the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, your, your thoughts on the Young Justice Outsiders trailer? Yeah, solid trailer. We get to see Artemis. We get to see everybody that we like um, coming back. Um, you know, we get to see they're going to follow up from having Vandal Savage work with Darkseid and say, all right, where the hell is that going to come from? And uh, what are they going to do with that? And uh, yeah, I, I do have to look back at the show because I have a cursory memory of what they will do. And again, I assume the writers know this shit. So unless so some nerd might pick up the plot holes, I wouldn't pick it up or care at the time unless it's something really blatant and ridiculous. Um, i just excited to see that. I was waiting for this. Um, we, also, we also got the, um, the, the, the first trailer for season seven of Arrow. Um, looks right. totally different for one thing, yes. Um, at the end of season six, yes, um, um, Oliver Queen got arrested, so he's in jail now. Um, and it's been five months actually, so now, you know, the other heroes basically have to, you know, have to do stuff on their own basically. Um, the dragon, well, the, the, the bad guy from season six is still there. You know, he, he, he seems to be targeting, um, to be targeting Felicity and, you know, well, you know, um, Oliver's um, son, basically, but is the last shot that really had me surprised though? Because yeah, we seen a guy wearing um, wearing Oliver's you know arrow outfit. So the question is, who exactly is this character? For for one thing, it can't be um, Sporting. You know, it's not him because in season six they established that no, he can't be Arrow because of the whole thing with his arm and all that kind of stuff, and he just doesn't right. feel right really filling that mantle basically. So it has to be somebody else. Um, one thing though, just to talk, um, just talking briefly about it, I'm getting like you know those three episodes or so from the Flash, basically where Flash was incarcerated and everybody else had to do their job on their own. It's again that kind of back and forth kind of thing, basically. But I have a feeling that in true um, Arrow fashion, he's not gonna be in jail for the entirety of the season. At some point in time, right. maybe before the end or before the the mid season. Um, he's gonna escape somehow, and then he'll don the mantle once again, you know. But I'm just curious to see, to see basically how his story will play out in relation to, you know, him being in jail and then with everybody else outside. I want to see that whole kind of back and forth stuff. So excited to see, you know, excited for this trailer here. I mean, not blown away by it, but really curious to see how they're gonna play things out. You know, seeing that Oliver is now in jail. Um, you saw the right. trailer, or you just didn't care about it because Arrow. Yeah, because Arrow. Yeah, right about that. <laughs> Not surprised. And now we could talk about that trailer way. Titans yeah. way. Fuck Batman. Yeah, fuck Batman. <laughs> fuck Batman. Now, right, so here's the thing with, with me, yeah. So when I first saw the trailer, that line escaped me, you know, like I yeah. didn't pick up on it. And then near the end, yeah. when when it ended, I was like, wait, that's not what it is yeah. that, what does Robin see and then I play back. Fuck Batman. Yeah. I, I laugh my ass off. And then I play back the scene before that and I was like, oh, Oh, Robin shooting men, breaking necks and shit, and then it's like yeah, fuck yeah. Batman. Like, well, what? Okay, <laughs> that that's where we go in DC. Okay, we go in TVM. You know, all right, taking T Titans, go and seeing, you know, T Titans. Oh, whatever it is, I don't know, whatever it is, right? But yeah, this is a uh, dark yeah. version of the Teen Titans. Um, well, you know, the I was gonna say storyline, but basically the series, basically. So. There's another cutesy, you know, colorful stuff that, you know, we've gotten with the series and then, of, well, with the Teen Titans go to the movies coming out um, next week, a time this recording. This is dark as grim. I call it emo dark at the moment because, yeah, they, they're real focusing on um, on Raven a lot. You know, her being this outcast, basically, and she needs Robin's help. Uh, for one thing, Beast Boy, uh, not really feeling the look 
Starfire, yeah. not feeling the look. The, There's that other the character look. with dressed in white with the wings. I forgot who that character's uh, name is. Hawk and Dove. It's Hawk and Dove, Dove. Right, right. Hawk and Dove, yeah. Well, Hawk sure. and Dove, but I think that's I think that's Dove. I ain't sure. I can't remember which one is which. Right. But it's supposed to be Hawk. Just that shot just moved so quickly. I was like, okay, I was supposed to know this character, but couldn't get a good make on on that person. Um, but the right, selling but point that... really is 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 dark. Um, it's Dark Robin and it's fuck Black Panther. That's yeah. that's hilarious. That's that's meme worthy, Jen. Meme worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, um, as I said, this this to me as it is, I re- I really hope the writing is good, but um, this looks like the worst of the CW and the worst of the DCU combined. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, yeah, it, it looks terrible. Uh, again, I'm not feeling somebody looks, but the out when it was first announced and they started showing off the outfits and the first big outfit they showed off. Was Robbins and I thought it looked great. I yes, mean, it still it looked did. like yeah, teeth. I remember that. Yeah, and then they showed Hawk and Dove. I thought they looked great, and but they didn't show the others. The Starfire really looks bad. Uh, sorry, um, I remember a lot of people was talking shit about her when they saw her off of in the set pictures. I said, no, the final product gonna look look good, but the final product doesn't look good. Sorry. Yeah, I hate uh, that glowing thing. Like how like you know, this aura, this glowing aura around her. I hate that. that right. That looks terrible. The problem is that the CG doesn't look that well. Like, if it had a really good CG, like, if they did the Dr. Manhattan thing, yes. and they get that really cool glow to, to her, then maybe it would work. But as it is, it's not working at all. Um, Raven looks okay. Um, yeah, not really yeah, yeah. feeling... Not necessarily feeling it all that hot, but still looking okay. It's like, all right, I can live with that. Yeah. Um, it yeah, it I, looks like, I really... like live-action cosplay of Raven, you know, like a version of Raven. Right. Yeah. Not um, particularly impressive. Yeah. But yeah, at this is a really really bad bad um, trailer for me i mean a lot of it doesn't look good at all it's way too dark yeah well, um and, and right down no good... to the emo music as well the emo pop music yeah. in the background so cliche at this point in time uh what's right. gonna say but one question i wanna wanna ask you um so yeah i imagine like you know, you know some some people will be turned off by the tone of it not just because it's teen titans but just because um it clearly or at least to me feels like if they're just trying so hard to be edgy and you know you know are right. basically with you know a franchise like that um i'm not saying that they shouldn't i mean i mean they have gone dark with um with arrow and you know with um, black lightning to extent you know but but they never went too far it was within the whole tv pg tv 14 um route but here's like blatant tv emmy we're trying to be all right. hbo trying to fucking it you know what i mean but it's like yeah. The, uh, to me, I just find it like they're just trying a little too hard, though, and I feel that it would just that lose the essence of what the T is about. But um, you agree with me, or you think that yeah, it's yeah, just I, something we all together? You know, you're right because it it really it, like it it stopped dead just to say fuck Batman. You know? That's my problem. Yeah, with yeah, this, it though. did. Like, why? <laughs> like, like it's funny, but up... I mean, do, did we need? No, that, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's edge lord bullshit. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's you're right. It's edge lord bu- uh, bullshit. Yeah. Yes, I can't really take this too seriously. Look, again, I hope the writing is good, but I do expect the writing to be good. And you see, Teen Titans not hard to do. You just have three villains to, to hammer out reasonably well, and you're, you're good. Trigon, Slade, and Brother Blood. That's your three. Yeah. Right? That's three full of material alone right there. And, and they have so much extra to do, like like Judas Judas Contract and, and Terra and all of that stuff, right? The TV, the, the, the anime series from about 10 or 12 years ago, that was good enough to to put out all the material and they didn't even do all the good stuff in my opinion um you have hive you have all this extra thing you could do with it whoever right we go see okay uh what uh, else all right so so uh, just keeping with with comics for a little bit again um well, this... we, we, we we got a trailer of sorts for um season two of iron fist and all i had to say okay. is like it, it didn't underwhelm her but it's like yeah all right so dan yeah. ran taking the mantle 
of 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 the devil okay it's just okay, a simple just, little it, it, it feels little... more like a teaser than anything else yeah okay it coming it coming two days before my birthday you're not gonna catch me watching that for my birthday sorry no 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 <laughs> but yeah. it's like all right yeah moving along uh yeah you have anything to, to add to iron fist Trailer. Not really. Um, I, I suppose the choreography a little better now, maybe. Yeah, but, is, uh, but yeah, but nothing to blow my way. Though. That's the thing. It's just like exactly. Eh, yeah. Not that. Uh, not that hyped about it. Not a full trailer. Not proper. Uh, we'll we'll wait. Um, but yeah, I was. Well, I wanted to stick to DC because we wanted to get to the big DC, you know, releases. Yes. The two big trailers, right? Yes, yes, yes. Let's uh, let's let's do it. Right. Well, so the first, the first is Shazam. Um, yes. This looks okay. Uh, it it actually looks a lot better. Uh, I, 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 I really, be... I really like the um, the light-hearted approach. It then again, given right. the subject material, I mean, it's a kid who sessions exactly. and it's a okay. hero. You, you need that. Um, the inclusion of Kendrick Lamar's humble was was, was right. a little smart. I was like, all right, I get, I get, I get. That was cool. Um, the setup of it, like from the beginning, was a little on the cliche side. You know, it's just okay. Kid gets to you know foster kid goes into this house but they're playing it off so dramatically now. but really the whole dramatic moment is when you know um well the kid billy um meets the whoever that guy is you know i'm not familiar with shazam law and then he becomes shazam now i think that's when the, the trailer really picked up for me um but other than that though i was totally entertained by it i love the the lighthearted approach it again uh, spider-man homecoming vibed it and one thing right. i really love about this trailer here is that we don't see any villain yet so I hope that they don't, or that I have a feeling they will, in one of DC fashion, give me some superpowered vi- um, villain, basically, and then have some big climatic CG orgy like what they do with uh, Batman v Superman and Wonder Woman, right. and that's it. You know what I mean? But I've, right. I've, I've, I've high hopes for this one. I mean, we had to wait till April to see it, but right. yeah, I'm excited for this one, man. Your thoughts yeah. on Shazam uh-huh. trailer? Yeah, yeah, this this looks really, really. It looks good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too blown away by it as a trailer, but it's still, it's like, all right, this is a promising something with DC, right? Yeah, it's a we promising something. something. <laughs> yeah, I could work with, I could work with this. Yeah, Warner, um, Warner doesn't have to do dark people. Just, just seeing. Exactly. They don't need to. Yeah. Right, and it, it looks, it, it is in the world of Batman v Superman. I'm really glad they're not trying to stray away or trying to go and we know we need. This is not the same universe and that kind of bullshit. No, no Batman no, no, v Superman no. happened. Yeah. Um, Justice League happened. All this stuff happened. Um, so it, it's fine. Um, I know if I remember correctly, it was supposed to be the, the late um, Reggie Cat. He was supposed to be um, the wizard. Oh, really? And I know Jaime. I think it, that was supposed to be the case, you know, if I remember correctly. But it, somebody could correct me on that. But uh, but anyway, Jaime Hansu, I think, is the, is the wizard now. Oh, really? Um, okay, okay. Yeah. Game so, Marvel uh, and DC uh, money. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean well, done, well, the man done spin out the check after the first Guardians, right? Well, so, well, right, Black well. like, so, I like black actors already had our loyalty, yeah, so you know, freaking large <laughs> large shopping shop in both, you don't care. Yeah. Um Um no, uh this it again, I I I I could live with this. It's not it's not bad. I really want to see what they're gonna do with it. Um they have to try to make it funny and clever. I don't expect it to be as funny or clever as as, as Spider Man Homecoming, but we'll see. Um yeah. and it's gonna obviously have a bias against what's going on. Um there, but we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, but, but yeah, of course, the trailer that we had to talk about, uh, and yes, we do have a few yeah. more to talk about. But let me get this out the way, boy. Aquaman. Yeah. Um. It looks good. Yeah. It it, it, it looks it looks it looks better than it good. good. It looks great actually for me. Um, yeah. I was totally impressed by this. I love the tone of it. I love the adventurous, yeah. you know, 
not over the top really but just grandiose to um tuned it because i mean we're talking about yeah. atlantis we're talking about this man wanting to command the armies of the seven seas i love that line by the way it's just yeah. so grand though, and i love that um for one thing you know jason momoa in this trailer alone sold me more as aquaman than he did in just league I, I like the fact that he's still doing the woohoo yeah. stuff with it which hammer thinking yeah. at first okay well clearly this happened before just the league so right how much years no um i'm not i'm like you know like how what the woman was set like in the in the 40s basically so i don't know if right. this is set in like the 2000s or whatever i could be wrong but we'll no, see no, right but this is this is uh i don't think it's before you know i think it's after this after oh, just after yeah all right but I, no, I was has... expecting this to be like 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 be a full no. origin story though no no oh, he's, he, not. Okay. he's an Aquaman, he's an Aquaman yet he isn't king of atlantis or anything like that he's supposed to gain powers or whatever it is i don't i don't really get that i didn't got that from i didn't get that from the trailer oh you know, it looks... all right all right right i, I was I was, I was i was looking at it as origin story in this i was expecting like a yeah. another like a prequel basically to to just that's right that's what i thought this movie was okay all right yeah, I don't. I don't get. Well, at least I didn't get that from it. Um, but maybe we can find out if it if if I'm wrong about that. Um, yeah. The uh, thing is, I okay. So here's what it feels like, but I'm not knocking this so much. I will admit, it does feel like. Oh, and this this also kind of applies to Shazam as well. Um, it does feel like like Green Lantern a little bit. 2011, right? Um, whoa, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. How, not, how, not how come how the, the, the flashy visuals or what? Well, yeah, there's there's this, this, the, uh, the aesthetic, yeah, the aesthetic, the, the feel and tone of things, the jokes and the style of humor. It does have a very similar tone, and it does have a similar feel. Yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because Green Lantern didn't fail because of its tone, right? That failed because of its script. Yeah. Script, script was terrible. Sucked. Terrible. Right. Script sucked, and it's not because of Ryan Reynolds necessarily. I don't think he was that bad in this. No. It's just the script sucked, and yeah. anything, everything didn't flow and then fall together very well. That's why it was a mess. Mm. I would like them to, if they're going to go forward, I don't mind if they take that tune and improve upon it. Right? I will say that again. I don't mind if they take the tone, but they improve upon it and fix that. Mm. It does not, because it's clearly a DC tone, but it's still good material. Yeah. Right? It's not being Marvel or replicating Marvel. Right? Marvel doesn't have a, has a, Marvel doesn't have a monopoly on being lighthearted. Right? Yeah. Never, DC always was lighthearted. That you don't have to be like that. So the trailer looks great, and well, the big standout in the trailer for me was Black Manta. Yes, um, I thought I was. Like, I thought Holy he looked great. Shit, we get him though. What? <laughs> yeah, they they, they they got him right. Um, and Moni complained that I just think the helmet a little too big. Um, <laughs> yeah, the helmet is a little too big. That's my only complaint. It, it if they if they could have dropped the helmet size a little bit and have it scale to the body a little better. Right. Um. I, I would have preferred that, but it's, he still looks great. Um, color scheme, the outfit itself looks awesome. The actor they choose, yeah, yes, great, great yes, look. Yes. This guy looks great. Look perfect, perfect casting for the thing. I I don't know the actor from before, so somebody will tell me. Somebody on on YouTube will have some rundown of what this guy's about. Um, so just just and I'll probably look up a movie just to see him before just to see what's going on. But yeah, it, it, perfect casting. Um, yeah, this, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, this this, this movie looks great. Yeah, and well, yeah. For one, uh, from what I understand from my, my, my little sources from who was there in, in Hall H uh, they showed a bunch of extra material and from what I understand the movie is a lot larger and grander than we expect it to be um, oh, wow okay so I, I'm pretty excited for, for what's going on there so cool right um, well this is promising 
quality. This is promising. Right. Well, for me, for one thing, though, um, I love the fact that DC is brave enough to put this out December nineteenth. You know, so they don't have no, they don't have, they don't have no Star Wars to worry about. They could put this out. Right. It, it looks like a great uh, flick to check out for the for the Christmas holidays. Anyway, you know, because of the the, the feel of it, I really like that. No, yeah, it's a real smart call putting it on on so close to Christmas. That's a really smart call. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they don't have either thing. I'm really glad that that's a good timing for them. Yeah. Um, I want I, I really rooting for Aquaman now because yeah, I, me too, and you, me too. I know. I, I have a feeling this is gonna be. This is gonna be. This is gonna be the hit for the Christmas too. For the Christmas for right, sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, I was saying that with um, and I, I was kind of making that call from a long time that if they're going to reboot a DC universe, focus on on characters who have the workable logistics to be part of a Justice League. It's, yes. it's really unfortunate that Justice League came out this early because they should have put out, in my opinion, they should have put out um this before Justice League. Like we shouldn't have seen Justice League until 2019, 2020, or but something that far. Of course, but well, but, yeah. but again, in infinite stupidity, they decided to rush all this bullshit and put out the utter mess that was Batman v Superman and Justice League. Yep. So that's why that that's that's top to be. Yeah, and it was a mess. Yeah. Um, this is good. Uh, uh, this is promising. Yes, I it really is. want yes, this. It is. To... Right. So good. Yeah, good. Re- really yes. excited for Aquaman. Um, right. I guarantee I'm gonna check this out in IMAX. Hopefully, if it doesn't get bad yeah. reviews. I will be there opening day. Gonna enjoy the hell out of this. Yeah. Hopefully, this may hopefully make it to my, to my best of list. I'm hoping for that. So yeah, I am excited for Aquaman. Aquaman, please don't fuck up, please. All right, so a few yeah. more trailers to talk about. Um, one that I would like to see. I mean, it's not like I'm a big Harry Potter fan anyway. But yes, we got the right. yeah the official Comic Con trailer for Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. For one thing, we get to see more of Johnny Depp. As a villain, really like right. that. That's great. Right. Um, people, I know, I know the the, the diehard um, Harry Potter fans still don't like the fact that Jude Law is you know young Dumbledore, but whatever, right. I don't really care. It's Jude Law, right? Whatever, you know, he he can't do no wrong. Well, except for like King Arthur, but that's another story. Um, so I enjoyed the first Fantastic Beast for what it was, you know, as this prequel right. to Harry Potter. Wasn't blown away by it, but you know, it was yeah. different. I like that, you know. Um, but yeah, this one looks promising as well, but um, this is not one that I will be checking out in IMAX for sure. I, I may make the effort to check it out, but I will not check it out in IMAX. Uh, another trailer uh, yeah. that we got was... Um, you was going to say something? Yeah, yeah. I, I was underwhelmed by the, the that last Harry Potter movie, the, the last one. I wasn't too hyped for it. It, was, it had its moments. It had some good character moments, and it was kind of funny at times, but I was underwhelmed generally by it. Um, so it was, well, it was disposable for me. Like I, I it was, yeah, we didn't okay. really need it to be honest. I didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't too hyped. Um, but uh, this one, this look, this looks really good, and they, they actually expanded on some interesting ideas um, with it. Um, the so cool. So we'll yeah. see what 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 they do. Right. Yeah. Um, one that I'm really excited for for next year is, um, believe it or not, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah, yeah we have great. a ridiculously uh, huge cast. I, I mean, we see in Eleven from Stranger Things, <laughs> we right, see in yeah, Charles yeah. Dance from Game of Thrones, and some other people as well. But dude, yeah. just seeing like Rodan and Ghidorah, um, Mothra, yeah. and these characters yeah. is like holy shit. And then of course the King of All Kings, Gojira yeah. himself, great shot. Yeah, he looks, looks up great. the sky and then sends out his um, you know, his his, his nuclear Atomic. beam, whatever you want to call it. But um, I love it. Atomic blast, Atomic. Whatever, yeah. Atomic breath, whatever yeah. you want to call it, blast, whatever. But I love the tone of it. For one thing, they're doing like with the last trailer for the first movie, which is like taking this classic song and then flipping it and making it all dark and ominous. I like that. Um, 
the visuals of it looks really great as well. Still no buying yeah. into Eleven. Well, I forget her her character's name. Just Millie Bobby. on top of this. No, I don't know. Yeah, Millie Bobby Brown. I think it's that, but name excuse me right now. It's still kind of cliche how she being on top of this building and then you're seeing right. this big cloud coming and then she wait for it to come close for it to run and right. hide. It's like, I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's kind of Hollywood cliches 101. Yeah. But still love it what I've seen here. I just want to see these creatures come to life here. And um, I'm not saying this is the first time that Hollywood has done it, but I really hope that they do these, these characters justice. You know what I mean? And I hope that yeah. this is a vast improvement over um the the first godzilla movie which i was hyped for as well especially that teaser right. trailer which blew me away and then we also we both saw the movie and i was like wait that's it like yeah. 15 minutes ago godzilla what the hell is this so yeah, i expected yeah. to see more you know monster and monster smackdown and all that kind of stuff but most yeah, importantly i want to see how they're going to tie this in to kong skull island well the character right. king kong right. himself that's what i'm curious to right. see yeah uh, uh you know, just show, and that's all we want. Just show, just show monsters fighting, and we're good. Like you can't go wrong with this. If you just show the damn monster, that's like, fucking problem. You know, show thing. the monster, please. Like, like I so get, whatever. like I get, you want to go for a thriller vibe, but we don't go to Godzilla movies to see fifty minutes of Godzilla. Come on, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah, of course, yeah. Of course, one of the big thrillers that came out as well is the one for Glass Boy. Now, one right. thing, one thing, it's... one thing before I forget. Um, I applaud Shyamalan's bravery for putting this movie out on January. Same thing that he did with Split. Um, right. I love any fact that we've seen all these three characters together: Samuel Jackson's, um, James McAvoy's, and Bruce Willis. Again, a whole yeah. vibe like I don't want to say Dark Knight, basically, but yeah, fuck it, we'll just say Dark Knight. So we have Bruce Willis, he's the Dark Knight. We have um, James McAvoy, he's the Joker, and well, me, be, sorry, basically he is, he is, he is um. He is two faced actually. And then right. we have um well Samuel Jackson, Mr. Glass being Mr. Joker Glass. himself. And he's the one who right. just kinda pull in the strings. He's pulling um, you know, splits characters, strings basically. You know, he's the guy in the yeah. shadows basically just caught in the shots. And I love that. You know, we have this kinda like this arch villain in the background basically. So again that kind of vibe. I'm not too sure. Right exactly what glass has to do with the story as a whole but i do understand you know with um with bruce willis's character him trying to take down um well split because you know he kidnapped you know another set of gills in this case i think it's like four chili um cheerleaders again and then um right. well we see miguel from the first movie from the first split she's back i want right. to know how they're gonna work that in i hope it's not one yeah. of those like stockholm so um stockholm still um syndrome kind of stuff basically you know with her being yeah. kidnapped by him before i hope that we do get that um not in 2019 please right. um but i'm just really curious to see where samuel jackson falls in all of this like is he going to be the lex Luthor of this story or not but other than that totally excited to see this uh, uh mcgill sarah paulson's in it curious to see what her yeah. character is about you know her kind of being aware that yes these like these real life superheroes and I'm I'm curious about these 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 individuals, you know. So totally excited for this coming out in January. So this is a huge gamble, but I think this is gonna play um pay off it. I think this is gonna be a great movie. Your right. thoughts on glass? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm really, really excited for this now. Um I didn't expect this to come out to look this good and be that exciting as at least as a trailer. I didn't expect this to I really was thought, alright, it's gonna be normal and not interesting. Um you know, you know, the, the original Unbreakable was a classic for me. Um, yes. Didn't love Split all that, but I liked it enough. 
Yeah, um, it made it to my honorable mentions last year, but I, right. I, I liked it, yeah. Right, and to me, it, it, this, I really like what they're doing with this, because what, what Shyamalan has to do to pivot properly is to make, much like the original Unbreakable, make a really good deconstruction of superhero genre. And if he can do that with this new movie, especially in the context of being, well, a post-Infinity War, um, you know, comic book world we're talking about, what he could say, and if he could say something interesting, then cool. Um, we'll find out if he's capable of that. Not sure, but we'll go. See, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. All right, few more trailers before we get to, to TV shows now. Um, we saw the trailer for Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So yes, it's coming right. back. Hallel- well, it's not hallelujah for me because I wasn't following up the, the yeah. Clone Wars TV series to begin big, with. I I was not a big fan of the 3D Clone Wars anyway. I didn't hate it, hate it, but you know. Yeah, it's wasn't fine. wasn't a fan of that, but it's back and. Apparently, it will be the final season. Well, could be, or maybe it's just the right. beginning of the end, but we'll see. Um, also, we saw season four of the Better Call of, um, well, trailer for season four of Better Call Saul. Um, right. Slight little spoiler um, Saul's brother passed away. And, um, right. well, it's just basically the what, what happens to him after that. You know, we do see more right. of um, um, Giancarlo Esposito's character as well. We see a few other familiar characters from Breaking Bad. So, yeah. a true right, know, practical I, sort I of um, style is just a matter of where these characters fall into play, into place basically with this, uh, with this story that they develop in here. From what I understand, he, it's, it's going to be crossover with uh, Breaking Bad at this point in the timeline. Ah, right. okay, okay, it's okay, that, right. So, yeah, we get so closer point, uh, to the beginning of Breaking Bad. I love that. Right. Yeah, uh, either they're close or passing the point because he's supposed to get the news of the cancer soon. Yes, uh, yes. and that's where the shit gone start now. So right. you'll find out. Yeah. Also, um, a, a, a trailer that um, while I wasn't completely blown away by, I was still intrigued by, um, Disenchantment, which is okay, a new know. animated series that um, Matt Groening, you know, who directed, uh, sorry, yeah. who created yeah. The Simpsons, right? So it's basically right. his twists on the right, whole like cool. like kind of midi basically it's like tangled you know that whole right. princess steel basically but just in his style you know what i mean the same the same buggy eyes and you know all that kind of stuff it it looks like the simpsons basically but um the tone of it is like this kind of, is is clearly subverting the whole princess um slash damsel in distress kind of um subgenre if you will now but it looks it looks decent i mean i haven't watched simpsons in ages but I, 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 I have a feeling I'll be, I'll be getting that, that same kind of humor, but just a little edgy because Netflix, but it could be good. It could be good. Right, right. Yeah. Um, That's why I'm excited, I'm excited for that um, with this uh, aspect of this. So, uh, well, another show that uh, coming out that's supposed to have a trailer that I was really excited for from a long time, a lot of people are hyped for this, is a show called Infinity Train um, created by Owen Dennis. Uh-huh. That expected for because a cool new cartoon network show the new generation of cartoon network now. so right. you'll see that yeah so that i recommend checking out is that a nice little pilot i'm not sure if the pilot's on online but you should be able to find it on youtube so it won't be a big problem right a uh, couple of things couple uh season two of, of star trek discovery bay see first three right. of it yeah. uh for and, one and thing season, for well, one thing um, season, yeah and season two of the orville as well okay well i did not see the trailer for the orville um Fortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, I didn't see it. Uh, but for Discovery, um, looks pretty good. For one thing, talking a lot about Spock, um, you know, Christopher Pike is there. But, but, but yeah. what 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 had me do? Lenny Kravitz fly away though. Was it yeah, last yeah. time you hear that song though? 
I was a fan. Sorry? Yeah, I was a fan of that, that song. But it makes sense because they had um last season they had some of which I forget which pop song they had. I think it was Praz. Which one? Not Ghetto Superstar, no. Uh Seen Alive, yeah. no. Yeah, I think so. Really? Who yeah, that was in the part. Oh right, right, right. Yes, he was playing Seen Alive. Yes. Well, it's it's White yeah. Left and Brass actually, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good point. Um, but yeah, trailer looks really good. Well, not giving us too much to go by. <sighs> okay, this is just me, just me nitpicking as a non trekky right? A lot of shots of ships flying past asteroids, do a little too much. Right. Like we get, it looks um, cool, right. but a little but too much. Just, them shots, I like, I like, um, I like Ansel Mount as as Christopher Pike. He actually looks great. Yeah. You know, I want to see what they're going to do with it. Uh, I know they haven't sparked in this kind of... Um, I really hope they don't get rid of the sport drive because even though the sport drive is very goofy, it is the only thing in Star Trek Discovery that is genuinely interesting uh, as a concept. Everything else wasn't that interesting, in my opinion. Um, I'm still excited for this, so yeah. we'll see. And, well, of course, we see season two of... Um, season two of The Orville. Uh, more, it feels like more of the same, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I was not the biggest fan of the Oval, but I I explained clearly what the show's failures are, and I really hope that they improve on that. Um, so we'll see. All right, just one question: Do we do we still get steel humor in that? Did we, did we did, was there steel humor in that trailer? Not really. I did trailer just did just covered all the material stuff. We're not sure if it didn't really do that many jokes jokes per se. Um, but it's an okay trailer. It's like it just covered the material. It does it does still look pretty bad in terms of the CG and production value. But again, that is part of the. I suppose the aesthetic or intentional. So, ever. Uh, and last things yeah, last, but... a show that I know a lot of people gave up on, except me, Walking Dead, season 9 trailer. Right. Yeah. All right. So, firstly, good. I like how, well, I, I like where the story is going for one thing. Um, so, basically, yes, um, Negan has been defeated. He and his army, if you will, has been defeated. He's arrested. Well, sorry, he's um, imprisoned now by, by Rick. So Rick and right. the other survivors basically start this new um, this new community basically. And it's just basically about, you know, them working together and making sure that they survive still, you know, and you know, just living life now. But I like how they established right. that that of course Negan is just like, nah, this thing gonna fall apart soon enough. And when it does, I just want you to come and tell me the date. I just love that line, right? So yeah, right off and from the way how season eight ended, yes, they're gonna be it's it's basically like <laughs> it's basically like like Captain America Civil War basically. So yes, our 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 heroes have been split down the middle. So we have some people who was like, nah, I should have killed Negan. Then it was a then there was others who was like, nah, you know, it's a wrong thing. You should imprison him because you know we're not savages anymore and all that kind of stuff, right? So yes, there's gonna be tensions within the groups. As you saw in the trailer, you know there there are some you know there are some uh, falling outs. You know people fighting. You know a lot of. Um, Backstabbing and just a lot of stuff to look look forward to. So once again, it's more than just these zombie stuff. I know people kind of tune out to the show because it's not about these zombies anymore. It's about the humans. Right. But then again, that was always the point of the Walking Dead, right? So yes, these zombies right. are there, but you know, and you, we get some really awesome shots. One with Michonne slicing off the heads of two of them that look badass. But pretty much, I, I I like I like the setup of this one. But I just hope that it maintains it and it. Well, I know people will die because it is you walking there, but I hope it's not death that will just make people kind of leave the show altogether, like what happened with Rick's son. Like, I remember when Carl died in the mid-season, that was it. People just like, fuck the show, I done. But I sold it right. on, and I thought that the, the ending was rather bittersweet. 
Uh, <clears throat> no, for the bad. This trailer was too damn long, like six minutes. They give you like three false endings, like fake out endings, like okay, that's the end, and then we get more stuff. We get more characters. We get more this. We get more that. I was like, okay, just stop. We, you, you, you're giving up too much. You're giving off too much of the show here already. Just stop it, please. We get the point. Season nine looks great. Although uh, I did kind of chuckle when they say TV, TV's number one drama. I I, I chuckled at that. That was kind of funny, right? <laughs> because yes, we yeah. will get into two TV shows which could rival that 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 title for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, season nine of Walking Dead looks pretty promising enough. I would say if you tune out of it, I I would actually recommend that you go back and kind of check it out. Though though throw any towel on this show just yet but i just hoping that you know if we get to season 10 that'll be it that'll be the end don't let the show go beyond 10 seasons don't do like a supernatural and yes i know there was a trailer that came off of supernatural but i don't watch supernatural when you tell me to have 13 episodes sorry 13 seasons or more of the show i like no fuck that shit i'm done right but yeah kind of indifferent to, the, to, the, to season 9 trailer walking dead but it does look promising kind of uh, you know i can't wait to see what they do here uh, well, I know Ricardo, right. you didn't see it because you don't care about Walking Dead anymore, so... Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so now we're going to get into TV shows now. Uh, so, you saw Season 2 of Hulu's The Handmaid's Tale. We both saw right. Season 1, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you were lucky enough to, to watch this episode by episode, like weekly, I think it was. I've been through the whole season and I was just like depressed as fuck at the end of it. Great, yeah. great season, yeah. but just depressing as fuck. Um, but fortunately, I did get around to, to seeing season two. I flipped a coin and said I chose uh, Westworld, which um, I, re well, yeah, both of us reviewed um, last year as well. So I saw season two of Westworld. So to right. start things off, you, you will tell me about, um, about The Handmaid's Tale. And then I will jump in afterwards and, you know, talk to you about Westworld. So, Hammy Steel, take it away. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, season 2 was pretty damn good. Um, didn't expect it to be this good. It's a lot of the same, more of the same of, well, being depressed. But what they decide to do is say, okay, let's carry the logic of some of what's going on with these characters further. Um, we have Regal, once again, played by uh, yeah, Elizabeth Moss, playing Offred once again. Um... You know, we get her going forward with respect to well, the big big arc this time is her getting her kid back, the daughter. Right, right. And she, you know, they do this whole arc with her and that. It, it's not as big as they think it is, but it does focus quite well. And then you have characters who want to learn to read because that's like a big thing. You know, if women get caught reading, you they lose a hand back in the days and they lose a finger now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, brutal. This season, if 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 um Ivan Strotsky, um Stravosky, she yeah. um really gets a central arc this time. Um, oh, really, great, really great. works with, with what her what she do. Um, Aunt Lydia, something really rough happens to her. We'll find out. You'll find out when you see it. Um, right. Don't want to spoil that. And they just make an arc, and then the ending is well the big thing, which is well escape. You find out who doing what, and why. Um, right. In terms of the, the the escape, and basically. Um, well, the big thing is that she has a baby mm -hmm. with, these, with with Fred, right? Um, right. She, so she delivers the baby with Fred. But the problem is that because of the depression and her disconnection with child, she's not making milk. 
So oh. Yvonne Ch- Ch- his character has to like the, the, the season really picks up in those last two episodes in particular, right? Right. Where she not making milk and is a big problem with her child not being fed properly and the cat is well, you know, it's had to be that mother's milk now, especially with the child being this young. Of course, yeah. Uh, then so Yvonne Shotsky goes through a whole issue with that whole aspect of um you know get she because she doesn't want her to be bonding with the child because it's her child and she wants the child because you know she's really remember she wants the child to ask her but it's not her actual biological child and this is the problem if you're not tied to the baby genetically you know yeah and so they have that whole arc and they're going and then well they made the other aspect of um they made the other aspect of pushing forward um what it means because they they have a character who ran away and was trying to learn the bible um she tried to push the idea of her being rich and connected with respect to how much power she has and she she really has none now. Mm-hmm. so when she pushed forward um what she should try to do in terms of getting girls to read because she know you know her daughter not going to be grow up in this world yep. this is your unstructured character she realized that yeah she's going to be just as dumb and just as terrible growing up she's, she's going to be a mess to any remember she come from a time before when she was educated yes but now yes. no one can be well at least no women can be in this new in the, in the will of gilead and she tried to push to say all right let's have young women at least learn to read and try to push legislation in front of the founding fathers and nope she gets she gets basically put under house arrest because of that she realized the problem with that and then she gets see in the ending now the last um ending is where um Alfred is gonna get a chance to escape and you realize that she um she gets caught by uh this girl uh, by Yvonne Strosky at the ending and she's but she lets her get away because she know the daughter have a chance to grow up in a better world, you know, or at least a place where she will get a chance to grow up. And uh, the ending now is where she had the chance to escape with the other girl. I forget the other girl's name. And she take she tells her to take the baby and say, Name her Nicole and then she stays back. That's the, the fucking ending. She had a chance to escape and she doesn't just escape. So the impl- implication is that she's staying back to fight. Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you realize that they have a lot of people in this put on resistance in the ending. Part of the thing because you realize all the, a lot of aunts and a lot of maids and all the, the women who in the thing, they part of the network to let people escape. That's what's the, yeah, that's the ending. That's a pretty badass. Wow. Um, pretty season. Not as dark as season one, I would argue, but still really good. Um, they make a lot of like really you find out who working for there's a big twist with somebody you're not you don't know this character is part of the resistance but you realize a big character part of the resistance like holy shit okay that's like that's off guard catch and they make it work i find the seasons really strong um it's you know i can't say in, in good conscience it's as good as season one but it's shot just as well production value just as good the the, the shallow depth of focus depth of field sorry makes yeah. it work quite well yeah and um, yeah, I give this a really, really high score. Like, a, I give it like an eight out of ten. Not, not as high as the last season, but pretty high. All right. So you imagine I, yeah. this show is gonna show up in a lot of best of the year. You imagine this thing is gonna win a lot um, of Emmys yeah. and stuff. Like uh, well, season. I know about the Emmys. Yeah, exactly. It might, it might win more Emmys. I'm sure, but yeah, uh, I gonna put it my best of the year most likely. So yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people put the first season on such. You know, higher claimness. So I'm expecting that yeah, me too. They, they they probably did the same thing here, or probably will do the same thing here with uh, season two. All right, well that, yeah. that, that that's great. So um, I will make the effort to check it out. So who knows that me season two of Harmony's Tale may make it to my best off as well. Now speaking of best yeah. off, I'm sure that's gonna make it there for sure, for sure. Wes Wilbur. Yeah, 
Now, yeah. um, season one of Westworld, I recapped it, you know, going into to season two here. And yeah. I would say that um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first time. And basically, it's just because of the... It's not so much of the story or the, you know, the um, the technical stuff involved. I mean, it's still top-notch. The acting is superb throughout. It's the philosophy of it. It's just the stuff... It basically, it's like where the... Like, moments where the... the sh- I felt like the show kind of stops to explain why, you know, things are the way they are, you know? Why humans are susceptible to, you know, being so evil and all that kind of stuff. Now, when it gets really heavy on philosophy i felt that's where the the, the show really dragged her. um and you know it's really it, it, it and that same kind of philosophy kind of centers on the character uh well auntie hopkins character um basically um him being one of the creators of westworld and you know it's just moments where you see him and you know he's like every time he talks he usually talks in riddles <laughs> it's always like this relationship yeah. with him and um, Bernard, who was played once again by Jeffrey Wright, you know, it's always like him kind of telling these kind of riddles, almost like, well, you're not seeing this? Like, you don't understand? This is how it is. I can't believe you don't understand this now. And I felt like it's those moments that kind of drag the the, 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 um, the series down, you know, because it's like yeah. they're doing a lot of world building, yes, and you want to understand why everything is all so messed up and why people are the way they are. But it just kind of stops to remind you, hey, humans are bad, humans are evil, so eventually this this whole project will fail because humans are bad, you know? I, just, I felt like it just kept hammering that same point over and over and yeah. over, right? right. Um, but the, the finale still kind of caught me off guard for one thing. Um, Dolores's well, Dolores Abenati was played by um, Evan Rachel Wood again, you know, her, her, you know, basically becoming evil, if you will, you know, and then killing her... Um, her creator Robert Ford, you know, Andy Hopkins, like yeah. just shoot him, shoot him in the back of the head now, and then all of the hosts basically, with the hosts being the androids that um, populate, you know, this um, futuristic team park known as Westworld, right? They're more or less revolting against the humans, you know, the the people who maintain them behind the scenes. Um, but I was intrigued by you know what to expect now. I really wanted to know where the season would have gone. And right. um, well, with season two here, well, it's called well this this season is subtitled the door, right? And the door basically is kind of like well, the implication behind the door is just like this hidden door in Westworld where right. all the hosts are trying to get to. So just basically this pilgrimage of this pilgrimage of sorts now. So all these hosts trying to get away from Westworld. They don't want to be um, as um, Dolores says, you know, they don't want to be kept in a cage anymore. You know, they want to be free. And right. what I mean basically is that yes, the hosts are put there onto this this uh, world to do basically just to act out the way how um, how humans assume you know um, people acted like in the Wild West. Now. And that was one thing that I loved right. about season one. It really showed like the dark and ugly side of the Wild West, basically. You know, it was just grim. People just shoot each other. You know, they were prostitutes. It was murder. You know, it was just all these bad, evil atrocities that took place. But, you know, we would look at it as, oh, you know, it was the Wild West. It was so much fun, you know. And um, that was yeah. another thing about the, the um, about season one where it's like once you go there, you will, you will basically the dark side of you will come out now. You will see your true self. Um, and you saw that in the character of William, um, who we learn... At the, at, the, um, at the season finale still caught me by surprise there that he was this mysterious man in black who was played by um, yeah. Ed Harris we didn't know that yeah. 
And that's another thing that threw me completely off guard as well too. I'll get to season two in a bit. Where in true Jonathan Nolan's file arms um, fashion, because yes, he is one of the creators and writers of the of the, of the series. Yeah, what we were looking at basically was not in was not a linear narrative. We were seeing events right. that took place in the past and in the present. Well, the present being of course the near future. And we were confused to think that this this humble guy by the name of William who um whose friend's father basically had um had had um stakes in Westwood and wanted to buy it all basically. And that that guy in in particular was like this real asshole basically. And he was just there to just meme and you know, just do all kind of crazy deviant shit there. Now. And in the end yeah. it just turns out that William turned bad and just kinda lay him off on a horse they like had him just um just put him naked on a horse and leave him there. Now. So basically it's how William's character changes, how that guy's character changed basically. But yeah, the man in black was basically just kinda looking around because he was under the assumption that well, the design of the of, of Westwell, at least the logo of it is like this guy in a maze. And yeah. um he assumes that he will be he is that guy or he will become that guy now. So like the Matrix in a way, you know, so he will go and restart it and shape it in whatever way, shape or form, right? So jumping into season two one time. So it starts off right where well it, I don't want to say exactly what time from the events of um season one, because that's another thing. They play with time a lot here. But it starts off with Bernard and once again he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, we learned in the last season that not only was he shaped or fashioned after one of the creators of Westworld uh, by the name of Arnold, but he is yep. also a host as well. He's a host that did not know he was a host until near the end, where yeah, yep. he learns that you know Robert was you know more or less playing with him and basically having having him manage the hoster, you know, so a host managing the host. So he is rescued by the the humans and um, they are led by. Um, let me see if I get the name. One sec. Um, Tessa Thompson's... Right, right. And they are basically... It's like this strike force team held by... Um, led by, by Charlotte Hill, who's played by... Right. We, 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 we former girl, um, Tessa Thompson. Um, and she is a representative of the, the same company, um, Delos, right? Delos, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, so they want to basically buy out... Um, so their plan basically was to buy out Westworld. They wanted to get rid of Robert, but they didn't want to do it in a violent way. It's just like, okay, we're gonna fire you basically. You're gonna come, you're gonna say your last farewell, but then that ended with him being shot in the head by Dolores, right? So shit just went crazy. So it's just them basically trying to um get things back in order and then me basically restart um Westworld. They wanted to take all the, the data all the stuff that they were collecting because for one thing they weren't just collecting data from the host they were also collecting from the visitors themselves um i'm not gonna reveal why they're doing it but it's just basically them trying well basically it's the same thing that um that robert was trying to do all this time and it's basically like him trying to find immortality so the idea is that you know if you could project a human consciousness in this case copy and paste it basically copy a human consciousness onto a host then you can pretty much live forever, just provided that somebody is there to always reboot you or you know fix you up and right. whatnot. You know, so that's basically what's going on. So while all this is going on, Bernard, of course, is trying to figure out exactly who he is, and then he's plagued by visions of Robert. You know, so he's not too sure if it's like, you know, Robert's consciousness just implanted into his brain, 
or what right. you know he, he's not too sure but Robert is kind of telling him you know you pretty much you you pretty much could shape Westworld but you don't understand it yet but you have to play things out because this is a new narrative that you're playing here um, and this was also another topic here with the first um, season which is yes it's all narratives and all every character has his own narrative you know you could be a prostitute one day or you could be you know some bounty hunter another day you know so it's all these western cliche stories basically but it just played out for them to to carry out and then they just rebooted and then they just start over again rinse repeat all that kind of stuff right um Dolores now because she's woke now <laughs> basically the hosts in this show are woke you know they are aware now that this world of Westworld is not real and you know they've been they had their minds you know changed over the course of like years basically and now they understand what's going on now they know that there's a world outside of Westworld and now basically well Dolores's mission basically is to go into the real world and conquer it and at first you know like like just me in general um i was worried that she was going to play like this uber villain like ha! i am evil now and now i must kill people and now i will rule the world but she does have a logical and a moral reason why she wants to do the things that she does and right in her case basically is that yes eventually she does learn that there is a door there is this nirvana or or basically like a illusion feel if you will for the host now but it's not really the host bodies is their minds their consciousness now but to her it's like this is just another cage set by humans i don't want that i want to be in the real world i want to feel real you know what i mean and that's her goal yeah. and if it means just wiping everything out just wiping the slate clean out of westworld and killing anybody that gets in her way that's what she'll do and it's really like throughout the the, the series here where it's like yeah her character has completely changed but there is still a moral center to her she does feel empathy towards other hosts um right but in her case it's like all right i have a mission this is what i'm supposed to do because basically robert is the one who kind of set her up to do this so she's gonna play right. this out to the to the very end um bernard does kind of come in here or there but he's trying to understand why she's doing what she's doing and she's trying to kind of kind of not ham it into his head now but trying to explain to him this is what i have to do and this is your role you are a host you're not human try to understand that now um but yeah you know her her moral argument actually makes sense especially in the end though where she reaches a particular point and that's where you really understand oh this is why she's doing what she does um right for one thing we see her well her her boyfriend i don't want to call her boyfriend but it's really her true love actually um in the form of um james james madison's character he is like the the outlaw character basically and um how it's set up in the first season is that he's he would always meet her every time the narrative changes it the the one concern is that he will always meet her and he will always fall in yeah. love and it'll always end like that but this usually ends tragically with her with either her or him diana and then what they established in season one is that um he was part of this massacre this was part of a, a narrative where he just gunned down everybody in in this um in this town basically and because he's woke now um the memories of the stuff that he did in the past show up so that's one thing that um is prevalent through well with the host in uh, in this season here they remember the things that they did before because the humans programmed them to do it but oftentimes they believe that they did do the things that they do or they believe that's part of 
you know who they are as individuals now. But they some of them they're not really all too hundred percent sure that it is just part of a story. They're not too sure about that. So in his case, it's just like all right, I was doing a lot of violent stuff. I don't want to do that, but I have to help Doris. Uh, I have to help Dolores because I love Dolores, right? So he has right. to gun and kill people down whether they're human or not. But you know, in his head, it's just like this is what I have to do. But eventually, there's a conflict here where it's like I don't want to be doing this violent acts anymore. Um, another character who returns is um, Tandy Newton's character. She plays Meave. Right. In season one, she was the madam of this um, of this bordello, basically. And now, well, in season one, they established that um, she had a daughter, and that daughter was killed. Well, sorry, there was an attack by these Lakota Indians. But then those Indians were killed by the man in black, and then the man in black came and shot Meave and the daughter. So she always remembered that 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 um, that um, that memory, basically. And it's to the point that in season two, she is looking for a daughter because at the end of season one, she's told or she finds out in a note that her daughter is still alive. So she, well, she right. does manage to leave Westworld, but then upon seeing this note, she goes back into the world now. And in season one, what happened is that um, because she was woke, because she found out what happened, she more or less forced these two programmers to more or less bump up her um, her mental capabilities. I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit, right? So here is that basically she can read the minds of, of, of other hosts and more or less telepathically tell them what to do. But in this okay. season here, she learns more about... She, she has more more powers, basically, right? Um, and here, in, in, like I say, she's looking for a daughter, but then also she becomes part of this pilgrimage to, to, get, to, the, to get to the door, basically. And I'll stop here because there's just a lot of stuff going on here. So just to get the kind of bad out of the way, right? And this is something that I noticed with the, the, the first season, right? So there's a lot of thematic stuff that take place in the show, right? But thematically, these things make a lot of sense. They add a lot of emotion, a lot of gravitas to the story. But it's when you sit down and really think about how logical it is, that's when it started to unravel, though. So like for one thing, right. yes, Maeve can... Maeve now has the has the ability to to go back into the world of, of Westworld, even though they reboot and stuff like that. She could go back and she's aware that yes, the world is fake now, right? Cool, understood. But then now she has these powers where she could tell other hosts what to do. Alright. Now you're telling me she hearing all these whispers in her head, so now you know <laughs> it's just all these mental things going on in her brain now, but it's like it's something that she now figure out. She's like, how is that possible? Though? How how all of a sudden this android now come up with this power now all of a sudden when it wasn't right. part of a core directors or whatever it is. Nobody, you know, changed the narrative or bumped up her, her mental capabilities. It just happened. You know what I mean? But thematically, right. it makes sense. But logically, it kind of don't make sense though, you know? And that was always um, a drawback for me with the show, right? A lot of thematic things happen. Even right now, right. in this case here with season two, the presence of Andy Hopkins. I mean, his character got killed. We see him there. But now he's back because he managed to project his human consciousness onto Bernard. I'm like, right. okay, how? And then it's to the point that mentally he creates his own version of Westworld. And this was like, like using the Matrix again. This was like the training ground where he like create things to test things out. But it's like, okay, where exactly is this testing ground in 
You know what I mean? It's, it's like when you start to unravel certain things, they kind of don't make any sense now. And again, I guess because it's sci-fi, you can kind of bullshit your way through it. It's like, yeah, well, it's sci-fi. You don't really have to think about it too much, right? Um, same goes for the nar- for the for the non-linear narrative as well. Because yes, well, basically, not to spoil anything, you have like about three or four narratives going on. And it's to the point where you're wondering, okay, which timeline is this on? Is this in the present or is this in the past? And there's even a point where we see something in the future. But you're like you're kind of asking yourself, okay, where these things tying up? Um, yeah, and it, it, you know it, it makes it makes the show rather engaging as well. And I, I, I like the fact that they did a lot better in season two, where unlike season one, where it kind of felt a little too um, pretentious, a little, a little confusing side, right? But here it's handled a lot well. The whole multi non-linear narratives, basically, right? Um, yeah. But you see that more with the character of Bernard, you know, played by Jeffrey Wright. Because once again, you know, well, an- another subplot they throw here, he's not too, his his mind kind of got messed up. So he sees visions or he sees memories of what happened in the past. But the way how the show is, is structured, we're not too sure if what we see is in the present time or in the past, you know. So right. it's always that back and forth thing. And then in the end, it's like, oh, okay, that's what's going on, right? Um but yeah, as far as flaws goes, that's where it is really. Where when you bring in logic to it, it kind of unravels a bit though. But once you kind of put that to the side, you just think about what the story is about and what they're trying to tell. The story that they're trying to tell right. basically, which is once again, the idea of artificial intelligence. You know, what if it, what if, uh, what if it's to the point that it, with it, it itself realizes that I'm not real, but I want to be real. And, you know, it's, it's those questions have been asked in many other movies before on TV shows in the past, you know, The Matrix right. for one thing, AI, you know, countless shows, right? But here, it's the, the more basic in terms of humanity, you know, our history. And that's really what made, what makes Westworld so great now. Because for one thing, in season one, it was all about the, the violence that, you know, the darkness inside of us. Here, it's people being aware of human, uh, of, of, humanity's you know ills and you know this the darkness and wanting to escape that however though they're pretty much doing the same stuff that humans do they kill they murder they do all these really evil things it's all about survival basically so it's more like you know once again um exploring the human condition in this case it's more on the the host themselves right uh one thing i really praise about the season here is how these characters from season one are developed here how complex these characters are how they how really detailed this character development is for one thing the character of Maeve because for one thing in season one she was more of this kind of like I don't want to say sassy but she always had like a quip to say you know something really crass to say you know because she's a madam so she has to talk like yeah she's amongst a world where guys want to fuck her and you know she has to maintain other girls who you know are being fucked right so she has this kind of attitude about her she still has it here but in this season here, because of the, the issue with her daughter, you know, she's given more, I want to say humanity, if you will. You know, she's given more right. emotion now, you know. She, she's she's more determined to lead these characters along to find her daughter. Um, and I really, I really bought into her character. I really felt the emotion there with her character. Um, like I said, I was worried about Dolores' character, but she did grow on me. 
I was worried about her being this villain, you know, being bad for the sake of being bad because she was programmed to be bad. But fortunately, I did understand where her character was coming from. And even though she does some bad things, and one scene in particular with James Madison's character, I was like, really? You, 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 you really do that? Like, 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 you literally give the character the night of his life and then you just fuck him over like that? Like, come on. Like, come on, man. <laughs> right? right? But... I understand why she did what she did as well um but the 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 standout performer must say is jeffrey Wrightway. i thought that he came through with an excellent performance here as bernard once again playing with the idea of duality because it's like yes he's bernard and he's arnold he's a host but he still assumes that he's human and we still question whether he is awake or not or if he is human or not and i love that i love how tortured his his well, well, well we see his characters you know especially mentally because once again you have a lot of people more or less telling you you either, either part of the solution or you're part of the problem you either help the host out or you have to help the humans at westworld and it's just that conflict right. inside of his head that really made for just a great performance by him um anthony hopkins i was worried about him coming back but they they, they work him into the story as well he does the the, the philosophical stuff again um, once again, he doesn't come off too much as a villain, but he is uh, anti-hero in a sense. He, he is bad in a way, once again, because you're right. talking about humans, so everybody is grey, basically. There's no good or bad. Um, even right down to, to Tessa Thompson's character, who came off as bad and really scheming and, you know, from the first season where it's like, oh, I want to take Westworld from you guys and all that kind of stuff. But here, it's more like she knows shit went down, so she is trying to get shit back together before they kind of, you know, restart now, you know, and all through the, the, the series here, kind of question who she's loyal to. Is she loyal to Delos or is she loyal to the people, the humans who still reside or still trying to survive in Westworld? Because uh, for one thing, like from the, the first season, they do continue the whole rioting. A lot of humans die. Um, they still have those idiotic guards who just fire at humans, sorry, at hosts, and they just get wiped out. They always do the whole freeze all motor functions and then they get killed you know they always use that freeze all motor functions line and they still get killed it's like come on they're not gonna do that yeah. shit you know what i mean come on right um ed harris gets more background here because um in the first season at first he kind of came off as just this sadistic cowboy who just runs around and tortures people and you know he's looking for the maze and all that kind of stuff but in this case the explorer's character we do get some backstory into why he is who he is um, why he keeps going back to Westworld because no he didn't stay in Westworld he eventually left and it's basically like his life just got worse basically because of what happened and how he betrayed his friend in season 1 so it's just this obsession with him going back to Westworld and him trying to figure out this maze thing um, speaking of maze uh, we get some backstory into one of the Lakota Indians as well um, and right. one thing that, that I do praise the series here for, well, you could say this is the same for, you know, more or less like new American Westerns, basically, where they humanize Indians, you know, they, hu they humanize the, uh, humanize, sorry, the Native Americans. So at first they may come off as just savage characters, but in this episode, episode eight in particular, they do focus on one member of, of, of the Lakota tribe and his story. And to me, though, that episode eight was brilliant, boy, like, top class 9 out of 10 level storytelling i was just so emotionally captivated by this 
Android's story. You know what I mean? You do believe you do buy into his character. And basically, it's just him being woke before the events of the end of season one, and him right trying to find his love, basically, who has been captured and had a brain wiped out. And it's him learning about this world outside of Westworld and just the stuff that happened there. And I thought that was just such an emotionally captivating, captivating story. It was really poignant as well, but I really, really love the story. And it does go into the whole maze thing and the obsession of the maze and the world outside of Westworld and the door itself and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the acting is superb. The writing is great as well. I thought that the acting, sorry, I thought that the writing stepped up a, a great deal from season one because season one had this kind of experimental vibe to it, especially with the non-linear narrative. But here, I, I felt that it was handled a lot better. It really adds a lot to the story as well, and because you're given so much character depth, you know, you do buy into a majority of these characters as well. There's even one human being I forgot his name who started off in season one as this asshole character basically he was one of the guys who wrote the narratives for he wrote narratives that's all he does he just writes narratives right i remember yeah. this guy yeah the the english guy you know the the, the real prick him yeah, yeah i you know he was sympathetic though I was, but they they make it it, it it was believable they didn't just force this sympathy on him it, it was believable here and basically it's him helping out me to find um, to find um, to find a daughter, and they will lead to uh, my second favorite episode, which was episode five, um, where and this is one thing I love about season two: more world building. We do see more of Westworld, and we do see more of the other worlds as well. You know, in this case, right. we see Shogun World because we were hinted right. at it at the end of season one, where we saw these two um, samurai in um, in armor fighting. So we get to see Shogun World, and it's fucking amazing. That was just right. incredibly badass, though. You know, we I mean? just the stories there because basically, like, a re- is basically like a Japanese take on Westworld. The characters that are there, the, you know, um, it's basically like a mirror copy of the characters that are in Westworld. I thought that was great as well. A lot of blood, a lot of gore, and you know, even that same um, writer said, "Yeah, here's more blood and more guts now." You know what I mean? And you do get that. It you know, it does border on Spartacus level gore as well, but not too much right. though. But it was fun to watch though, just this new perspective on, you know, the Westworld formula, basically. Um, and this last but not least, the, the, the finale though, which which clocks in at an hour and a half, uh, that, that was really satisfying to me, the way how the story ends. And for me, they could have just ended the series right there, but no, we're going to get a season three. And the way how they stop it off there, all I would say is, is that they do leave a couple of narrative threads open where yes these things could be further explored in season 3 they don't answer all the questions as yet but they do answer to me a majority of questions that i was asking at the end of season one they do more or less follow those those questions down properly um but i do like where where season two is left i do like where these characters are right now and I'm really excited to see what happens in, in Season 3, given, you know, the amount of world building, the amount of character and story development that we get here in Season 2. So, all in all, I was really, really, really impressed by Season 2. I did not expect that this season would have been as great as all that. Um, for one thing, I was hearing through the grapevine that um, Evan Rachel Wood was saying about how um, this season was a little confusing to her. And right, right. To me... I don't know. For me, if you didn't watch season one at all, 
And why would you just you, you, you cannot jump into season two without recapping season one? You have to watch over. I had to stress this. You have to watch over season one before you jump into right. season two because there are some things that you may have missed in season one that will be fresh in your brain when you go into season two. I like how they carry across those those themes, those topics, those certain elements, the how they explore on them, how they develop on them, how they go further with certain arguments, you know, basically with, you know, the dark side of humanity and, you know, the history of us being dark and all that kind of stuff. So they carry across that very well. And then to the point where I cared a lot for the hosts, like I really was rooting for them on their pro- on their program um pilgrimage basically to escape the humans. But I'm not right. going to see what happens there, but it kind of goes on a on a tragic route. But not really surprising given the theme and the tone of the show altogether. So, yeah, I think I said a lot about season two. I really, really enjoy this one. Um, I am so excited to see what happens next. Um, so for me, this gets a strong forward. I okay. really, really enjoyed season two of Westworld. This was a step up in the right direction from season one here. If you haven't seen season two of Westworld and you, you enjoyed season one, then by all means, go in. You're going to love season two of Westworld. talk about three movies uh first we're gonna talk about the first purge which i skipped yeah. because i'm not really uh, a fan of the purge series and by the way before i forget um the first trailer for the purge series tv series sorry um came out for comic-con i was like what yeah i actually want to see this now i i really do want to see this this looks really good but yeah like i said not really a big fan of the purge series film series actually uh, although I do really, I really did enjoy the second one out of all of them. I thought that the first one was kind of meh, third one was kind of meh, but the second one really enjoyed that one. But um, you'll talk about the first purge, while I'll talk about the Equalizer two and Skyscraper. So take it away with the first purge. How was how was it? Uh, I liked it, but I didn't love it. All right, it's fine. Yeah, uh, okay, so this one, what it basically, it, it does the fairy walking dead thing and say, all right, let's see how this all starts. Yes, right? yes. Uh, d- basically, you, the story is that you have um, an experiment, and the idea was to do the social experiment involving people within Staten Island, and you're basically giving, in, giving them incentives for money as to whether or not they ing- they're going to engage in the violence for, the, um, for this purge and it's to, do, to do the science for a science experiment. But the problem is, though, is that it 
doesn't flow particularly well um, from the, the, the previous films, but it does oh, the really? world building quite well. Right, in my opinion. All right. um, because because everything is the quote-unquote first, first of the thing. The, but and, and then it, it, it's a kind of hokey, tonally kind of drifting kind of film. I don't, yeah. I don't hate it, but I, I have uh, had some issues with that. Um, the only big standout in this was Yilan Noel. He was a guy from Lady Boyfriend. Yeah. Well, not the boyfriend, the kind of sideman from In Insecure. Right, right. I remember him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he has a great look. Um, you know, somebody made the point that he, he looks like uh, he could have been Black Panther if he was, if he was a bigger star. Um, really? Kind of taking over West East types as a good action star, whatnot. So uh, all of that I didn't have a problem with because all of his action scenes was badass. Right. Uh, but the point is that is uh, the, the quote unquote Newfoundland fathers take over the country at this point. Um, nobody's it have no republic or no democrat anymore. Everybody kind of put a lot on money and the NRA and they make everything culturally relevant because it's all about you know clearly because of the rise of the Trump administration and whatnot. And the whole point of the founding fathers are the whole final product final point was the idea that oh shit um, the so called science experiment getting co-opted by the founding fathers themselves and that's the problem now right And right. so what ended up happening now they end up undermining the experiment as it is by bringing in when because they, they were supposed to do the whole thing in Saturn Island now. and what I'm happening now is that to do to do the experiment they end up bringing in a bunch of extra people who are not supposed to be part of the experiment because the experiment was going where only had a handful of people um, killing them now, doing killings and it wouldn't have been a big quote unquote success but politically they needed it to be a success to gain more power in the world now. Right. that is basically what the entire thing was about so the big setup was oh well the purge thing was going to be this one off novelty and then you realize no shit it's a bigger bigger issue than what they think now. Right. because of the, the blow up of the events of the, the first film and they had to survive the night. So the plan was to kill way more people and to show, oh, people are really violent and they purchase work now as right. an experiment. That's the, that's the big thing. That's it. Uh, it doesn't really do many more, much more than that other than, well, it's a co-opting of a good idea, kind of. But it's still kind of a bullshit idea from a scientific perspective, in my opinion, or whatever. And yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. I have nothing else much to talk about. Um, as I say, Ian Nolal plays this drug leader and he thought he was going to ride out the purge and he ended up having to deal with more drug shenanigans because he's from a rival drug dealer who tried to use the perch to kill him now because it would have justify since it would have been legal. Right. And his girlfriend, who's basically a Black Lives Matter type um, activist type, uh-huh. who they kind of share in, well, they kind of, not share, I shouldn't say share custody, but they both of them kind of helping raise her little brother, uh, was making a... Um, they cannot play with each other because they, they kind of against each other because of the drugs he to sell and she don't like that at all and he said well no how to survive and it's that the usual stuff yeah and then that's pretty much the ending sequence is where they had to do fight against a bunch of set up people all the fake gang people from the from the first purge and they had to just show all right they, they had to basically show that the founding father setting up the whole thing now right. and that's the problem that's it. It have nothing else to talk about. Um, um, the, the, the the horror element, like, is it there or is it more like just grimy action? No right, it's more, well, it's more horror in terms of aesthetic, but really a, a grimy kind of action thriller kind of vibe. Because right. it's about more more about ass kicking when, when push come to shove and they had to do this big final action sequence with involving a, um, involving a 
uh, a rocket launcher, which is pretty goddamn awesome when you think about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, for me, I just this fell surprisingly flat. I thought it would have been better than the first one. A lot of people I know like this one more than um, the second film. But I can't say that in good conscience. And I actually defend the third film. I actually like the third film, even though it was ridiculously silly. Um, that, this that's one is why just. <laughs> This one, is just, this one is pretty silly, too. It had this one character, um, oh God, what's his name of the man, boy? Uh, but it, he named Slippin' Mary, you know. He's big, basically, he's this, this crackhead kind of character who signed up for the purge, and he was the person who did the first big kill. And that was the only character who really stood out for me. Everybody else was just kind of dumb and bullshittery. Um, <laughs> bullshittery. Uh... Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just side characters who just they stock characters. And it's fun and, and whatnot, but I couldn't really get into this one as much I don't know it's, I had to give this a short review because I had nothing to really talk about per se other than well it's, it's action they had to kick some ass Yelan Yelan Noel was pretty good at his role um, it's a nice little gonzo kind of film because the, the violence is ramped up in this one when, they, when it's all said and, yeah when all was said and done with respect to the um, with, the, with, with the violence of the action it just felt like an extended pilot to the upcoming TV series yeah. on USA that's what this felt like. This felt like, oh, well, this is the ex- extended pilot they decided to put in theaters. Um, so I was a little let down by that overall. Um, but not bad. Uh, I, I, had, I had fun with a lot of the, ga- the, the, the go on the violence and the, 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 the general wildness of the whole situation. Right. But yeah, this not a particularly good movie overall to write home about. I guess one uh, something like a low movie tongue. Like, I, do, I do recommend it. Yeah, I do it, recommend it. It, 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 it sounds disposable, which... To me, it's, but, like, yeah, it's, it like, it's like what Purge movies are anyway, you know? Not, right. not, not but overall because, shit, but just disposable movies. Right, and, and because it's so... um, To me, it's so... Uh, what should I say? It's so... Uh, it, it, the word's slipping me right now, but it it um, it is trying to be so... Just, you know, just a kind of, you know, cheap gore film kind of thing. Oh, yeah, like, a, like a grindhouse kind of thing. Right. Um, because it's it's trying to be that um, I couldn't really get into it overall with uh, with this and it's not like I didn't have fun I had fun but it it, it just didn't work and it just ultimately fell flat to me um, yeah it still is okay not bad right uh, yeah that's it um, I waited for the USA you know you know Mr Robot like you know put series I hope that's good yeah um, I saw the for that that looking okay yeah um, and, but and that's you what because it does have a Mr Robot looked it. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. Not, nothing worth, worth talking about other than other than that. Any, in my opinion. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's t- un- un- unfortunately, that's unfortunately, guys, uh, the same thing I could say for these two movies I'm going to talk about here. Not really much to talk about these two shows here neither. Um, first off is the Equalizer two. Yeah. Which is, believe it or not. The first time Denzel Washington has ever starred in a sequel to one of his own films. <gasps> right. What? Like, yeah. like, like uh, I mean, this this thing about it, uh, you know, in the span of his career, man never starred yeah. a sequel, you know? Never starred right. a sequel. Oh. Never did. So, not like we were supposed to get a training day sequel, not like we was going to get a Magnificent Seven sequel, but, hey, whatever else. Um, but speaking of both of those movies, uh, once again... Just like the first Equalizer, this is the um, this is the fourth pairing up between Denzel and director Antoine Fuqua. Um, right. The first Equalizer, well, this came out before we even did BSB Beats and Beauty, right? But I recapped it before watching the second one here. 
And my thoughts on that movie are the same, basically, which is, yeah, it's fine, it's okay, it's well shot, which is always like a treat of uh, of Fuqua films. They always like gorgeously shot, you know, excellent cinematography from first frame to the end, you know, always impeccably shot, right? Uh, Denzel, you know, being Denzel, being that actor that we all know and love, you know, he could do no wrong in our eyes. Uh, even though the, the, the premise is kind of bare bones and kind of mediocre, I felt that there was um, a lot of padding in it because for one thing, okay, if you want to have this story about this former CIA agent go, go up against the Russian mafia for beating up um, uh, Chloe Moritz from Kick-Ass, right? And then yeah. you have these subplots with some guy that he was working with at this Home Depot place and then this other subplot with some um, guy who came to rob the place and you know what I mean it's just all these moments that just kind of got in the, in the way of the core story now. and it stretched yeah. the movie out to like 2 hours and 50 minutes swear to god movie is 2 hours and 50 minutes well 2 hours and 60 minutes yeah. actually there was no need, need for yeah there's no need for it to be that long there's no need for all this padding you know what I mean if the story was basic and bland let it be basic and bland just have fun with it but no need for excess padding right and the reason with all the padding actually is because of the character of Robert McCall, who um, Denzel plays. You know, he is this guy with a past, you know, this dark past. Uh, but yeah, then in this case, well, in the last film, he was working at this Home Depot place. I know he's, he's this yeah. likable guy that everybody likes to be around, you know what I mean? He goes he goes to his house, he's like, yeah, you know, neighbors like him, all that kind of stuff. But you know, you want to spend so much time developing this guy to be this this, this likable guy, you know, he, he looks off his fellow man, you know, he wants to ensure that this kid goes to school and he makes sure that people get justice and all that kind of stuff, you know. You want to root for the guy, but you're just slowing the film down just to tell us things that we already know, you know what I mean? And that to me was the problem right. with the first movie. Uh, we do get to see some really nice deaths, you know, some nice little kill scenes, even though it kind of sucks when you realize that, you know, um, Denzel had two stuntmen to do the, the stuff for him. But still, right. but still, it's it's we 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 come to a movie to believe that Denzel is yeah, old enough to kick is. ass like that, right? So we buy into it. I mean, if we bought Liam Neeson, you know, doing the Taken movies, yeah, then well, why we can't? Yeah, we, why, why, why we why we can't buy into Denzel being a badass? I mean, come on, he's a badass, right? So going in into um, Equalizer two, um, now Robert McCall is a lift driver. So apparently, right. after the events of the first movie, which basically is him inside the Home Depot, kind of taking out the bad guys, and then actually killing the, 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 the main villain with a nail gun, apparently he got fired. Well, he didn't say that, but I, I assume <laughs> it's like, well, fuck that shit. <laughs> we can't have this guy working here anymore, so bye. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, nobody do, nobody do. Yeah, it, it can't be that he kills because he killed people, he get fired. I mean, oh God, I mean, yeah, he had to be some big time killer. I know. So it had to be some... <laughs> But it was probably just intentional. <laughs> but he probably just got intentionally fired to get to move on, not because of that, right? Yeah, but then again, right. the always is. But even for the first movie, they always establish his character as he will just a nomad. do. He's a nomad. He will do what he wants. You know, if he wants to to start a business, he will start a business. You know, he lives life like that, so he won't stay in this Home Depot job for the rest of his life. No problem, understood. So now apparently he's a lift driver because. He's a lift driver, right? Um, right? And you do get a few moments, like which is spoiling the trailer. One of them being this girl who is beaten up, um, getting well, being put into the back seat, which is kind of like a, um, which is 
kind of technically um, a similar thing that happened in the first movie, right? But you've seen it in trailer. What happens afterwards? He goes to the guy's house, the guy's apartment, beats up the guy. You know, tell the other person call nine one one. You've seen it there, right? You know, so it's not yeah. really anything big there. Although the scene the deaths on the movie was was kind of badass. The scene it there and hear any bones being crunched and all that kind of shit, right? But anyway, so the the premise basically is that um, uh, his former um, friend was well, former superior, CIA superior. Uh, Susan Plummer, who's played by Melissa Leo, long time I haven't seen her, um, is murdered in Brussels. Uh, right. She was she was um, investigating uh, murder, a rather brutal murder that took place, and in the process, a former CIA agent uh, by the name of Dave York, who's played by Game of Thrones' own Petro Pascal, ends up murdering right. her in the process. So basically, it's like he did the he did the crime, of course, um, and he's more or less trying to kill anybody who who gets. Who, who, who getting close into figuring out that it's him, right? So, Melissa, Leo's character, was trying to figure out what happened. She got killed. So, of course, he's going after Robert, right? So, he has some goons going after Robert. And, of course, Robert does what Robert does because he is the equalizer, right? right. And then we have two subplots, right? One of which could have been taken out in the movie altogether. And one that I thought didn't work, but kinda, they kind of rope it in in the end, actually. So the one that right. they could have taken out altogether was this old white guy who was trying to... It's it something with some inheritance and some... Like his wife or like some... Some girl that he loved way back when. That made absolutely no sense. Like they kind of established that he's just this old guy. They just pick up, you know, um, from this... Um, basically this this retirement home basically to carry him back home. That kind of stuff now. But that, that, that subplot went absolutely nowhere, right? The one that right, I right. felt was going nowhere, but then they kind of rope it back into the, the narrative, was uh, one involving this um, this kid by the name of Miles, who's played by Ashton Sanders from Moonlight. Right? He was the right. yeah he was a kid from the second third of Moonlight. Right? The right. teenager the, the, of, of Chiron. Yeah, teenager right? one. Yeah. Right. Um, and basically, it's him wanting to, to to help out Robert because what happened is that um, his neighbor's uh, wall was um, was. Um, more or less messed up with some graffiti and he offered to, to clean it up in exchange for money. They start this little friendship basically where he will do the job and he will get paid. But then uh, Robert learns that he's part of this gang and this is real funny scene where he takes him out to the gang and, and one of the guys is like, who the fuck is this nigga? And he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm your daddy. Your, mommy, your, your, your mama didn't tell you. You know what I mean? This paraphrase isn't here. Yeah. But it's in the trailer. It sounds funny as hell, right? And there's even a moment where Denzel is doing his Denzel monologues to um to Miles is like, well, you think you a killer, huh? You think you ha- you think you, you think because you have this gun in your hand, you be that make you a killer, huh? What? You you a killer? Come on, shoot me, shoot me, that kind of stuff. There, it's cliche as hell, but it's Denzel. You know, you seen him do these things hundreds of, uh, hundreds of times already. Matter of fact, while I was watching that scene, I swear, I was watching like a R-rated version, if you will. Of the same scene from Fences where he's talking to his son, where it's like, Yeah, right. I provide for you, I do everything for you, right. but I don't mean I have to love you. You know what I mean? That right. same kind of back and forth there. It's there, right? Um I'll be surprised it's exactly what they tell him to tap into. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that it, it almost feels beat for beat like that there. Just two guns yeah. are involved, right? Like, yeah, um Ashton is holding up two guns in this um in this scene here. But I swear I have a feeling I call this right now. 
they're gonna use some quote from that that monologue they're gonna put it in some uh, some rap album intro or some right. skit or some kind of thing. So they're gonna put it in a rap in a rap album a call out one yeah. time but yeah but right, let's right. get into the review here um like i said not really much to talk about here because it is unfortunately basically the same thing like in the first movie same kind of formula just rinse repeat yeah. um the the good thing is is that it's 16 minutes sorry 50 minutes less well sorry 15 minutes shorter than the than the last movie which i guess is a good thing um but once again you do get that 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 pacing issue you do get those padding issues because yes the trailer selling you the fact that robert going up against these guys who kill his friend but then right. the film will actually stop because you have to show him be this father figure to miles and then they will eventually bring up a moment where like before um susan got murdered you know they have this dinner scene with her you know what i mean it's cool and everything but just slowing the film down unfortunately like right. again we want to show robert as this likable character you want to show as much of that as possible but it's an action movie even more it's a thriller and i understand the genre of thriller you know you could have those moments where it's you don't have to be like an action scene every 10 or 50 minutes i get that it's a thriller okay fine but it's it's there's it's your pacing you know what i mean there were moments where i almost clocked out though i was like all right anything yeah, that happened in this movie like it just yeah. dragged on though you know what i mean but fortunately in the second half it picked back up and you know that's where it started to get a little bit more uh, that's where it started to get more entertaining for me not too much but more entertaining for me and they do right. bring in miles character in the third act and i thought they did that well enough even though he was just like a plot device to be like oh you know you try to bring me down i'm gonna kill him that kind of stuff there so he kind of gets right. in the way and you know that 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 usual stuff now just to bring back something what i talked about um with westwell you know with Themat- um, you know something happening thematically which works because you're seeing it on screen but logically makes no sense and this is just a slight 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 spoiler here so the third act involves this storm right this this storm that taking place sorry a hurricane that taking place in boston right and it's basically um robert saying oh i dave you want to bring your fellas you want to bring your guys on me okay cool come to my territory jen this is my turn. Right. Or they're going to come into my territory. I got to waste all of it, right? So in this case, it turned to be like this beachfront property area. But the thing is, it's like it's evacu- evacuated now because of the hurricane. It's like heavy right. rain and, you know, well, you know, heavy wind and, you know, lots of rain and all that kind of stuff now. But it's like so convenient, right? That rain falling, yeah. everybody going, and Robert could just re- basically duck from house to house basically just taking out one of these guys now, you know what I mean but yeah. thematically it looked real good shot very well yeah. it's like okay it's like this big dramatic moment now rain falling I taking out these bad guys you know it's like real thriller shit now but when you think about it you going into the middle of a hurricane right into an area where people evacuate just to take down some fellas like you couldn't do that in your house right. you couldn't go in another home depot and waste them there you have to drive into a hurricane to do this you know well i think the storm thing the storm thing wasn't part of the trap like he can handle the storm but they can't handle the storm well kind of that's what i say like when you think about it 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 it, it kind of works you know because right. yes he has the the the, the natural elements to using that to his advantage but once again right 
you're going into the middle of a hurricane to do all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you had to justify your set piece. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, they could have done yeah. that a lot better, though. Because I right. love these set pieces. I really do. But they could have justified that okay. a lot better, though. Um, but okay. yeah, I mean, but once again, Denzel does what Denzel does. I mean, he is great in this. He carries the film anyway. So there's no way, there's no reason for him to fail or to make this film suffer. And he doesn't. I mean, he carries it across to the end. Even though they do give him some nonsensical stuff to do, like for one thing, the scene with him on the train in Istanbul, him wearing that really god awful disguise, to the point that yeah. even the guys that he was trying to kill is like, "You're American, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah." It's like, what was the point of you having this like yeah. Muslim garb on? Sorry, not Muslim garb, yeah. the, the Muslim beard, and you know all that stuff. That like, yeah. when when the guys that they're trying to kill don't see through your 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 disguise, dog. So like, what was the, what's the point? You know what I mean? Right, but they make for a fun moment, like fun in terms of ah yeah, he, he's he's gonna fuck you up, ha 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 ha. Look how you gonna do it, eh? right? And he still does that whole timing himself yeah. and seeing right. what the guy's gonna, well not what they're gonna do in advance, but seeing what he could use to, at his disposal and all that kind of stuff that he does, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so it's there. The supporting cast are decent. I mean, for what they're given, I mean, Petro Pascal was great as was decent as a villain. Um, Aston Sanders was decent for what he was given. Although I find that you know he was just there for the sake of being there. Um, Melissa Leo was decent. Bill Pullman, who plays um, Susan's wife, he could have oh, got more. Yeah, he, he was in the first one, but just like in the first one, he didn't get enough screen time though. Like he was just there for like a couple scenes, and he just pretty much forgot. You know what I mean? Um, right. And but yes, the the, the action um, the action scenes are handled very well. It's shot very well as well. The um, the cinematography once again is top notch. Um, the music is there. I mean, nothing really to write home about. But like I say, you know, once again, thematically things happen, but logically it kind of don't make sense. Like that that um, right. that that whole final scene that I mentioned before. But all in all, this was what well, I would say the slight improvement was just more or less kinda shaving off the um like the time, like kinda tightening up the, the pacing, but unfortunately didn't really tighten up tighten it up that much because it still does drag, it still does have that sluggish feel and it does have padding. A lot of padding in it, you know what I mean? And I felt that at this point it's really not necessary. Like in the first one you could get away with it, you know first time mistakes whatever but in the second one this one here yeah. kind of re- really didn't need that so all in all it just felt like the same old thing again just just with a different coat of paint you know um right. basically but i didn't hate it you know it's just that i wish that this could have been better seeing that this was a sequel and seeing this is, that it is denzel's first ever sequel so for me i give this a very very light three out of five it was all right it was all right i didn't walk out of it being like this was a waste of time. I mean, right. I my money's worth, but once again, it was just the same old same, and I just wish that we could have gotten more. Right. Right. Uh, last but not least, sure, I thought that you would have checked out, though. Skyscraper. Right. And to start I, things off, I, I, though... I, 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 I couldn't find time this weekend for that, and yeah, I was like, all right, wanted something I had to suffer and take, because I had some work to do, so it was, I really didn't find the time. I, I shut up, I really should have made the effort. But it's like, when I see the, the rating for it and the kind of score for it, I was like, well... Uh. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what I mean. And you know, that to me, that was, that, that piqued my curiosity, you know? 
I mean, it's not because right. it's Dwayne Johnson's star. I mean, he could act in a piece of shit and I but would say I, hate I, it, I, like, I like put, Baywatch, which I, I hated, put, but... Yeah, I, I had those particularly dumb, in, in, especially in his case now. Yeah. But, you right. know, talk, talking about Rock pretty bit, talking about The Rock, I should say, um, is it just me or just getting fed up of... of, of, of I don't want to say fed up of The Rock, because, I mean, he is still that charming... <laughs> Charismatic. I know where you're, guy, I know where you're going. But at he is right now, it's it's just Dwayne Johnson overload by at this point in time. But so he is very over. He is very overexposed. Yeah. And you know, uh, I, I forget there's an old joke that um they, they made. I forget is is um Sidney Poitier or something like that made that joke about say look um when if you, if you, if you're being seen for free, they they go stop paying to see you know. Yeah. That's how that's how Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson is to me. I mean, it's like. Yeah, you're kind of in fucking everything now. That's the thing, boy. That's the thing. And you need, like, you need to tone that back because people start to get fed up with you. Yeah. And it's not that they get fed up with you in terms of, oh, I hate James Dwayne Johnson. It's, well, I'm not going to pay to see you anymore. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah, that's, that's why, you know, these movies kind of just run in, the, run in the course badly now. Like, you know, look, if, if he not, if he do it, if he not going to make the effort to, like, try to pace himself out as an actor and pick better projects because, look, some of these projects are way on me too. It's like, all right, it kind of get a little hokey and ridiculous that, oh, okay, look, it's a silly action movie you're doing again. All right, but trying to get for the production. You yeah. know, you had Rampage this year. A lot of, I, I generally enjoy that, but now it's like, well, you know, you need to do another Rampage. Like, and it, it you, you really just, it's kind of getting harder and harder to justify your, 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 your bullshit now. Yeah, it, it, I, I totally agree, but because for one thing, like, just go back way back when, right? Back in 2004, I think it was when the rundown came out. Remember that one shot right. where it was like but, but, Arnold Schwarzenegger was passing the torch to, to the rock at the time? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're going to be yeah. the next action hero now, you know what I mean? Right. I get that, right? But just like with, with Arnold, well, not to this degree, because this is the, 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 the 2010s now, so we get like two or three movies starring the rock every year now, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not like it's not like Arnold's back in the nineties or so where you get like a movie from like every two years or thereabout, right? But, no, one one a year fine. Yeah. One a year is fine. If he, if he just had rampage just here, then he could hold back on this project. Correct, yes. Uh, yes. if he had and he held back on this project for next year, it would have probably been fine, in my opinion. Yes. But like it come on the same damn year. Like rampage is just thing. a couple That's the thing. Like literally yeah. a few months ago. We saw Rampage. We enjoyed Rampage for, for yes, it was dumb, but it was damn entertaining. Yeah. That was like two, yeah. three months ago, and now we get skyscraper. Yeah, like, it's just too much. That's all he had to do, you know. Just one a summer. One yeah. a summer, we get a rock, and then maybe he could act in a Fast and the Furious movie. So we get one, and then ever so often, you have two two rock movies a summer. So yeah. he in a, a, a single vehicle, and then he do the Fast and the Furious stuff. Or then he do the crossover with, with, with um, what's his name? Also, wherever, no? Yeah, or we get like a, a um, comedy maybe. or with with a, with a Kevin Hart or something like that, maybe, right? Right, or maybe right. not. I don't know. And then I look up, right? Yeah. That's fine. But if I have multiple rock single vehicles, that don't work. That's it. Like take? too much. Because I mean, like, look, you're rocking charismatic, but you're in that charismatic. Exactly. Like, I, I like the guy and all, but there's only so much of him that I could take. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is not WWE yeah. we're watching again. This is not SmackDown we're watching it, right? But anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so that in itself, I imagine, is the reason why this movie. Came to you know any weekend yeah, box office visit like Hotel Transylvania three, number one in you know? yeah, right. Number but that, one you know? but I mean animated, the animated stuff will always do well no matter what unless it's like real shit. And I for one, I know Hotel Transylvania three was real shit. I went to see it. 
I but well, I mean it's Hotel Transylvania. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, not like the first I, one. I, whatever. I like the first one. See, call us so much nonsense. I was like, yeah, but this part you're gonna be shit now. Yeah. So, I um, I I skipped it. But my thing was that well, it got is an animated movie. I had to get it. I had to get it. Get get them turn out of the house. And get well, them to, and, to sit and, down. And it's summer, you know what I mean? So why not, right? Right. And summer, yeah. So it was like a good piece time. So it was more not to do nothing to do with the quality of the material necessarily. Yeah. Um But as I say, that I ain't surprised that that beat this rock movie because the rock movie was just so so much of a mess. So anyway, tell me about yeah. the movie now. So this last thing I just want to mention before I get into the to the premise, right? So another thing do which is so ironic, right? Because um well you and I and our TCL um, colleague Summerly actually did a video um, doing, a, um, well, more or less reviewing, not just say reviewing, but praising, you know, Die Hard, which came out a mere 30 years ago. So it's amazing right. that a movie like this, like Skyscraper, you know, basically ripping off Die Hard would come out 30 years right. later. And that's such a shame, though. But it's more or less like a merging between that and the 1974 disaster film, um, The Tower Inferno. This is back in the days right. when, you know, disaster movies were big and you had to have this full cast of, like, these big actors, like, all the big actors of the 70s at the time were just in one movie, you know what I mean? And that's what it was, right? Right, right. But, yeah, yeah, but basically, the story is that um, well, we, we see this flashback with um, uh, The Rock being this FBI agent and he is trying to bring down this guy who has um, his family, well, more or less, taken hostage and, you know, he has a grenade and stuff and he lets off the grenade and in the process loses his leg which right. for some weird reason after the show ended I was kind of warning like how how exactly because they just kind of cut to white and then afterwards it's just see him in the hospital you know um, bloodied up and whatnot. But I mean it's a blast however it's like yeah. you see that with soldier time how much time they just lose limbs because of some IED or whatever it is right 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 and then in the process right. well the, the nurse who was treating him um, Sarah who's played by Nev Campbell long time you see Nev Campbell hey. I know, right? I know, right? Last time I see she was in House yeah. of Cards, but that was that was a while back. But Nev Campbell's though, yeah. you know? So, yeah, literally love at first sight, basically. So, cut to 10 years okay. later. Um, they, they are married okay, now. Okay. They, so, have, right. they have, yeah, they okay, have okay. twins. They have, yeah, they, okay, do no have, they do have time skips. Right, so they have twins, uh, well, a boy and a girl. Um, and they are in Hong Kong, actually. So, they are this place called the Pearl, which is... Well, not rumored, but it actually is the world's tallest skyscraper, right? And it's right. created by this um, Asian financer, basically. Uh, he's played by Chin Han, right? So you remember him as the guy who played Lao from what? The Dark Knight, which Lao, Lao right? right? So once again, yeah. ten year, ten year anniversary, which we also talked about in um, our was the same video, <laughs> right? Yeah. So once again, doing the whole anniversary stuff again, apparently, right? So, so uh, New York is there, and he is just like a he more or less um, assessing the security, right? So that's his job, basically. But in this case, he just had to monitor everything in the skyscraper itself just to make sure everything right. working good, make sure everything is great before they open it out to the public, right? So essentially, right, right. it's just him and his family there and a couple of people are there as well, including uh, one of um, one of uh, Dwayne's old colleagues as well, who I'll just say right off the bat is one of the bad guys here. They kind of telegraph it <laughs> right off the bat. Like, right. it's okay. literally him... It's like, it's like doing this by an elevator, right? The elevator open, I just see any guy looking at him. Just that one yeah, shot yeah. alone, I was like, yeah, you use yeah. a bad guy. The way how you just look right. at him, just in an elevator. Obvious yeah, villain. Obvious, obvious right? villain is up. Right. 
So in true diehard fashion, uh, well, alright. But before I forget, so this skyscraper is ultra modern, right? So a lot of right. high tech technologies there, a lot of state of the art stuff. Even though they have like what two, three elevators there, which is weird, but whatever, <laughs> whatever, right? Whatever, right? Um, so one thing leads to another, and these terrorists break, um, get their way inside. And they basically set fire to I think it's the ninety-eighth floor of the of the right. already two hundred and forty-story um, building. Okay, right? right, right. And it just so happens that um, that the well, well, the um, Dwayne's family is underneath, right? So okay, yeah. So fire taking place, they have to get out. Um, the, well, Dwayne, for reasons that I won't get into, is not in the building. Like he stepped out to do some stuff. So now he has to get back into the building now to save his family. And right. I'll stop right here. So right off the bat, yes, this is Die Hard meets Torrent Photo. Just right off that premise alone, right? This off Which that setup. Right now, yeah, you can the, tell trailers. Yeah, the only thing is with him, right? Now the... Uh, so they try... I don't want to say they dumb down the rock, but they try to humanize him. Because, I mean, you look at the guy and you could tell that he could just kick anybody's ass and survive, right? But they try to humanize him, whereas, like, he getting beat up, get beat up a number of times by these gunmen. And it's like, you know, you, you know, you could have just, like, rock bottom, you know, do, like, a, a rock right. bottom to one of these guys. Because you have, you have the look already down, you know what I mean? But they have to give him this disadvantage of him having this prosthetic leg. It's like ah oh, well he right. can't do anything because he's a prosthetic le- he have a he have a prosthetic leg and then also too in true cliche format he's a dad and he cares about his family right. and he wants to save his family and that's it so it's like that's the only set of humanization you want to give this guy but still he is no John McClane Jared. like the first die right. had John McClane yeah that's that's the problem with it that when we did when John McClane was done the whole point was him not looking like. Dwayne Rock Johnson, right? Not right. looking like that Sylvester Stallone. That would make the movie so like great. Yeah, exactly. So sell that with that. Don't make any sense. It don't like tonally. It don't work. No, it you doesn't. Know, it doesn't. Don't work. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense, man. Um, also, right. to okay, they they trying to do something a bit different. I could see they were trying to do something different by having the Rock go back into the building to save his family. Once again, so the whole fact that he's so stoic and he needs to save his family, right? But honestly, it would have been a lot easier if the man was in the building. The stakes would have been a lot higher because it would have just been him and the family trying to escape the building. Now you bring in this whole thing where all these highfalutin things take place and he had to dodge the police. Yes, the police are tracking this guy down. I'm not going to get into why, but it's dumb, right? So right. <laughs> he now have to evade the cops and get back into the building and the man had to climb all the well basically this ladder right to get to where his family is and this thing like him climbing up the stairs take him uh, climb up this ladder takes him like less than an hour dread like, right probably take like in the film it lasts like about three or four minutes like three or four minutes later the man suddenly at the floor where he needs to get inside now and then he gets like, the shot where he was in the crane and like then he jump plus? yes yes Gee, but I swear like in the film time just passed and the man suddenly yeah. at the point at, at, at well yeah so close to the 90th floor where he could get on the want, crane yeah. and then well you see in the trailer where he make that jump from the crane to, <laughs> to the window and all that kind of stuff but it's like once again 
you have a prosthetic leg, Jen, and somehow you manage to climb all their stories in, in such a, a short period of time. Now, what the film could have done, they could have shown, right? In, well, they could have shown, okay, this is how he got from the, the ground floor to that point, and then there was a ladder outside, and maybe he had to get outside to get the ladder to climb up. Nope. Just show him climbing up right. a ladder, and boom, he did, right? So, whatever. Yeah. Um, also, another another problem I had was the effects. The effects, right? When they, when they used, kind of I mean, they're good, right? But they just felt too artificial. There was just a lot of moments where it's like, I know this is CG. Even with characters talking, like I know the background is CG. I know they're in a a, a a green screen room or a blue screen room. I right. know this. There's just nothing that's selling the authenticity of this building. Because once again, you want to sell the fact that this is the eighth one of the world, right? You want to sell this thing as so incredible now. But I watched it. And yeah, the design looked kind of cool. The design of the building itself looked kind of cool. But yeah, I could tell when there's CG, you know? And it's just it just took my out of the film a lot of times. Like there was no moment where I was like, okay, I'm really buying the fact that this thing is on fire. No, it's it's CG fire. You've seen these things hundreds of times already, right? Right. Um But the biggest crime of this show though is the tone by the tone right. is what brought it down for me. Because yes, it's Taurin Inferno meets Die Hard. You could have done a kind of slightly self aware kinda approached it. Whereas, like, like you know, like a James Bond movie is like, you're not laughing at the movie, but you're laughing with the people who are in the movie. You know, the people in right. the movie are aware that this is fun and not to be taken seriously. So you can laugh yeah. with us, not laugh laugh at us. In this case, right, because it, it trends. Yeah, in this case, they're just being so serious to, to the to the point where I was yeah. like, it felt like I was watching um, Live Free or Die Hard. Where oh, okay, it was okay. like, a PG-13 but like a hard PG-13 but you know right, if they could have yeah. gone a little bit further it could have been an R like this thing should have been an R-rated movie though because of just how serious it takes everything from the violence to the way how the, the bad guys move to how you know just seeing Rock getting beat up you know it's almost like this kind of dark grim tone but because the, the premise itself is so dumb and ridiculous it could have gone for like this sort of cheesy B-movie vibe to it now and yes, right. they, they do try to go for a '90s action blockbuster vibe here. I mean, you do get that there. I mean, that's that's fine, but you didn't need to take things so serious with this. Though. It's a dumb, goofy summer blockbuster. That's what we come to expect. Like it wasn't, it didn't disturb me. But at times, I was wondering if I was the only one who find that the tone for this was too dark. But right. I couldn't uh, yeah. be the only one who finds so because once again. Is the is Dwayne Johnson and the director and director of the skyscraper like? Yeah, but any director, dumb. this is not a comedy director. Um, yes, he did because um, he did Central Intelligence, which I did not see. Right. but he did Dodgeball, which right. I really enjoy. Same, right, that was saying not the same fellow who did that with Kevin Hart and Nick. Like, yeah, why he wasn't yeah. in this? like you know, what <laughs> I mean, like he has done comedy before this, so that's why I'm saying like. Why not just play it off on a on a lighter tone? I mean, you'll have the PG thirteen right. rating, right? So why this need to go all dark now? You know what I mean? So it's almost like like what's the perfect example? It's like um White House Down versus um Olympus has fallen. Right. Olympus has fallen, R rated, 
deservedly <laughs> so because of how grim and dark and violent it is. It deserved the rating, right? White House done. PG-13, same kind of premise, but because you had, um, oh gosh, Jimmy Fox and uh, what's this guy's face? Channing Tatum together. They had this kind of yeah. like witty banter amongst them, even right. though I find that it was not all that funny, but still, it kind of lightened things down a bit. So you enjoy it for how ridiculous it was. And then it, then I felt that show, it breathes, it breathes um, its ridiculousness now. Here, they could have done it, but no, it had to be dark. We had to take things seriously because about one man trying to save his family from terrorists and a burden skyscraper and a bunch of scenarios that we don't buy into because it's The Rock. And it looks even sillier because it's The Rock with one leg. You know what I mean? However, though, good things, though, um, uh, Dwayne Johnson is is charming and likable as, as you right. know, his character once again. Um, just like Denzel, he could do no wrong in my eyes. Uh, he is he does hold the, the, the movie together. I thought that Nev Campbell was decent as well. Uh, the bad guys were just one-dimensional cookie-cutter characters. Didn't care about none of them. Um, but really, it's just him. He's he's like deceiving grace in the whole movie. But everything else is just yeah, just so painfully, blatantly ripping off um, better superior movies. And that's that's the overall problem with this movie that, that's the thing I, I took out of this is like it just takes from great movies like great action movies and it's really like I don't know at, at this age right, like we're still doing this stuff right? like come on there's really yeah. no need for that but yeah over, overall not really much I could yeah. say about it but while I did not like the film as much as I wanted to like I was expecting dumb goofy fun but didn't get that unfortunately but however, though I mean, it was not a, it was not absolute waste of time. Though. I will I will see that much. Right. It's shut your brain off, watch this dumb action movie, and you might enjoy it. So, and then, like I walk out of it feeling like like I wasted my time and money. Now some people might get that feeling, but for me, I just look at it like, well, yes, I I kind of get fed up on the rock now. I actually end up enjoying Rampage more. With I mean, the premise of that show is way dumber, but. To think I actually enjoy that more than this. That's that's seen a lot. Right? That 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 actually kinda of right. sad when they think about it, right? So yeah, right. boy, for me this this gets a light two and a half out of five for me, boy. This it is what it is, right? I mean, if you know what you're gonna get yourself into, then you'll get you'll enjoy it, right? Once you go in knowing what to expect. If you don't wanna see this mashup between Die Hard and, and Torrin and Furno, don't even bother. If you know the right. if you know the movie looks bad just off of the trailer, don't even bother. But if you don't care, if you just like anything that Dwayne Johnson and I know it have people out there that like that, then you might like this one. But for me, this is like the this is like Dwayne Johnson overload right here. But right now I just fed up of seeing him in movies right now. I know he's supposed to do a Jumanji two and All of right. course the spin off from Fast and Furious. But right now it's just like Yo, Rampage was enough. Let me just stop here. Right. Please stop. Alright, so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Uh, Passat, R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you could type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, you could find me there. Alright, you could also find me on Twitter, just look for Legally Black MGB. MGB are capital letters. You could also find me on Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with a Legally Black blog official fan base. We find a link to this podcast as well as the others that we've done over the past couple of years. And I'm also on Instagram, just look for Matthew Bailey Reviews. So, stuff to look forward to. I am excited. I am so happy to see this. But we are finally getting 
blind spotting. Okay. I've been hearing great things about this show. I am hyped as hell to see this one. I'm hoping that this makes it to my best of list. I can't wait to see this. And it's coming out yeah. the same week with Mission Impossible Fallout. So right. that will be my, my, my double feature for sure. So you can look out right. for um for our reviews of both of those. Um also right. saw the trailer for this twice um uh, while watching both movies um yesterday. Uh upgrade. We finally gained upgrade. Yeah. We finally, finally. gained upgrade. Yes, we gained Simple. upgrade. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think it's coming out in, in August which kind of makes sense because August is kind of like the you know the, the dry period basically when all the, the big summer blockbusters done then you could throw the these these stuff um, these these yeah. films that kind of missed the not really missed the mark but just couldn't make it when you know during the June and July you know because of um, Infinity War and all these these you know big budget stuff basically um, and also yeah. on the TV side we also have season 6 of Orange New Black coming out. Okay. I will make the effort to check it out. I can't guarantee that I'll finish up all these episodes by the time of the next recording, but I'll do my best to see if I could um if I could watch it out. If not, then you can expect it in the following episode. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This was Matthew Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. So until the next one, take care. Peace. Good.